welcome to a new episode of We Read It One Night. Today, we give you more info on how to survive a bear attack, as well as a lot of unsolicited legal advice. All while we swoon over the sexy dragon, bear, wolf, you name it, men and women in Alicia Montgomery's The Blackstone Dragon Air. Enjoy the show. Uh, before we get started, I wanted I want a little breaking news announcement. Um, so in our in our very first episode, we gave you guys an update um, on how to survive a bear attack, um, and now we're coming to you live <laughs> with uh, more information on how t- to survive bears and bear attacks, specifically um, bear weaknesses, which we didn't know about the first time we said about we talked about this. Uh, we, we learned of a man who survived a bear attack by screaming at the bear, lying on his back, and kicking the bear. So, friends, if you would like to survive specifically a brown bear attack, not a grizzly bear attack, you kick and scream. (laughs) Is this the guy that I sent you the article about him? And there was a line that was like, he had a firearm with him, but chose not to use it. (laughs) So, again, (laughs) hearkening back, firearms are not the most effective tool against bears. Yeah, no, no. Listen, you know what he is, Rachel? He is a he's a practitioner of leave no trace. He's not gonna <laughs> harm the bear. He knows how to be a human existing in nature. He's just gonna kick and scream until it runs away. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, in case any of you were hanging on the edge of your seats <laughs> waiting for more information on bear attacks, these are the there practical the practical skills that everyone needs. City liver, city slicker country bumpkin alike it's never too soon to be prepared for your next bear encounter (laughs) (laughs) yes excellent um so today speaking of bears bears do make a little bit of an appearance in this book um as side characters we are talking about the blackstone dragon's heir by Alicia Montgomery. This is this was my this is my first experience reading any kind of shifter or people turning into animals in the context of a romance novel. <laughs> um, honestly, this is probably my first experience reading a book at all where people turn into animals that wasn't either Harry Potter twi- or Twilight. Harkening back all the way to my traumatic childhood experience reading <laughs> Animorphs, the worst. children's book series to ever exist in my opinion (laughs) um just because it gave me a lifelong fear of slug-like aliens crawling into my ear as i sleep sometimes and taking over my brain um so yeah screen that before you give it to your youngins (laughs) oh my god yeah there are no such things here this is much more reminiscent of of like the Twilight werewolf things in which these are people who can just turn into various animals at will. They seem to be born with it. There's no like there's some like genetic explanation because like dragons can't have babies with other animal shifters and like have dragon babies. But um, yeah, they're just chill people who turn into animals. Yeah, I found this very interesting because I feel like it made me realize that there's just like these entire genres of sort of like fantasy light 
where it's just there's not that much world building, but it's just like some people can turn into cool, possibly mythical beasts and everyone <laughs> knows about it. It's not like a secret other world. You know, I feel like there's a spectrum in fantasy from like all the way high fantasy where our world, the human world does not exist all the way down to, you know, Harry Potter, Twilight, where the fantasy world exists, but the normal people don't know about it. And then we have these books where they're just like living among us. Everyone's chill with it. <laughs> it's kind of the only other thing I've really experienced like that is I watched a little bit of True Blood, which is that vampire TV series yeah. where the vampires are out and among us. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really, I really like this book. Like it was, you know, it was very light, very short, definitely a one-nighter if you want to make it like a one-night read. But I would definitely be reading more of these. Like, I'm into it. Yeah, no. So this book, um, I was – this book is sort of um, proof of the power of um, advertising specifically on me. Um, So my first encounter in my life with, like, how powerful advertising can be and specifically how susceptible I can be to it is with Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, um, which is the best direct-to-video Disney movie sequel of all time. It is incredible, and I think we should do an episode on it. Anyway. The first time I saw a trailer for that movie on the Disney Channel, for some reason, there was just something in my soul that was like, I have to have this movie. And so I bought the DVD and we still have the DVD of Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. And that's what happened here with these shifter books. Um, When I started reading romance and joining all the romance Facebook groups, the Facebook algorithm was like, oh, we have our next victim here and started showing me all these Kindle (laughs) Unlimited books, Um, mostly mafia romances and shifter romances. And this was the one that like popped up on my newsfeed. And I was like, that sounds like my cup of tea. And, you know, Rachel, you're right. It is a one night read because I read it in one night. I'm pretty sure I started it at like 10 p.m. the first time I read it and then read until like four in the morning. This was my summer of sleep deprivation last year <laughs> where I just constantly was like reading all night long. Um, Yeah, I read it in two nights, but it definitely could have been one. The only reason I didn't finish it the first night was because I was going to Disney the next day and just did not want to do that to myself. But I definitely could have. Um, I, I would have I would have done it to myself. That's it. I did do it to myself when I read. So this. after waxing poetic about this genre, let's just we'll just give everyone a, a quick recap of what the setup is here. So <laughs> it's it's pretty basic, besides the fact that people turn into mythical slash also real animals. Um, well, it seems like the only mythical creatures are dragons, yeah, which, and everybody turns into like normal animals. Which makes me wonder if regular dragons exist in this world. And not to get too okay, sorry. I know I just said we should give them a setup, but. And how do you tell the difference between like a shifter bear and a regular bear? You know, like, is there like an obvious way? Like, how can you tell the intelligence in the eyes? And do we think there's a different, like, optimal fighting technique against shifter (laughs) bears versus regular, true, straight bears? Well, the thing is, is I don't think you can just scare off shifter bears with like kicking and screaming because they're humans. They're like, I'm not going to be afraid of you because like I don't have that animal instinct. So I feel like shifter bears are significantly more dangerous because they have human intellect. I don't know. I feel like it seemed kind of like there's just like a bear living inside you and sometimes it takes over and it gets to live the whole life. No, there's a direct quote when our when our hero, the dragon, Matthew, is talking about his dragon. He's like, it's not a separate being. It's two sides of the same coin. So they are like both separate. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit. Basically, <laughs> these shifters are like Jesus. They're like the Trinity, except it's just 
dual. Like they're one and different. It's like a whole – it's an opportunity for a whole new religion here. In this universe. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised people don't worship them. It's a good point. No, it but seems- there are anti-shifter groups. That's true. Okay, okay. So, so slow down. <laughs> the setup here, our girl Catherine, she's the main character. She has gotten herself into a bit of a sticky situation in L.A., and we'll get we'll we'll go back to that. But she's basically going to go to this town in seems like Colorado, some mountain village where our boy Matthew, the dragon shifter, lives. Um, and they are obviously going to fall in love, end up together. Um, but in between, a lot of stuff happens. So let's back up. <laughs> we open on the prologue, Catherine, not Cat, not not Kate, not Katie, Catherine. Archer is running through the streets of Los Angeles. We don't know what she's running from, but we know she's about to die. And our girl, she does not fuck around. She jumps right into a goddamn dumpster because she needs to disguise her scent. And quite frankly, I don't know that I would have like the the gumption to throw myself into a dumpster. Oh, I definitely would. Being chased by mafia lions. And frankly, I read this. And I can't think of a single animal that would be better for the mafia than lions. I don't know why I just really vibed with that. Specifically the Bratva, like the Russian mafia. It's not just like (laughs) any mafia. It's the Bratva. And I agree. They are lions. However, they are made significantly less badass when you learn that they need a gun to kill people. Like, what is the point? She's They're about to shoot her, and they've shot her roommate. What is the point of turning into a goddamn jungle cat <laughs> if you still need to carry around? Again, this all comes back to, like, you're hiking. Gun is not going to help you out of a bear encounter. You're the Bratva. You should not need to be relying on hardware other than your own teeth and claws. Yes. No. I Here's my thing. I get it for, like, expediency. It's messy to kill someone as a lion like we can't all be the twilight vampires who like can eat people without blood getting blood on their clothes like the like sometimes you just need a silencer and one bullet to take people out and i guess it's also kind of a huge giveaway when your victim has been mauled by giant like four inch (laughs) talons they're like hmm either someone's got a trained pet lion or we got some shifters on the loose there's only one pack in town (laughs) Although a great way to frame shifters is to like, I don't know, ship in some authentic lion mane hair from Africa and then like get like Wolverine like claw costume claws, kill someone, sprinkle the lion fur around and be like, well, it was clearly the lion brought the like not me, a regular human. I wonder whether the anti-shifter groups have thought of this. That's true. Whether they've incorporated it into their anti-shifter strategy. Yeah, if there's any anti-shifter groups listening out there, don't take this as (laughs) advice, but just saying. So our girl Catherine is in the dumpster and she gets she gets rescued (laughs) by some random guy who I definitely thought was gonna be the hero, but he's completely irrelevant. He just comes out and he's like, Yo, bitches, why are you in my alley get out of here and they're like okay and then they like no 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 no. <laughs> they leave because he's like i'm part of the italian mafia oh, oh, who yeah. also are presumably some sort of animal probably like wolf or something and so he's like remember there's used to be a like a turf war <laughs> apparently and the lions like got their asses beat in the turf war and so this guy comes out and he's like remember how we beat your asses like that's gonna happen again unless you get out of my turf and so they do but my thing is is that i would i would love 
I mentioned earlier that my Facebook algorithm showed me mafia romances and shifter romances, and I would love some sort of crossover of that genre. Alicia Montgomery, if you're listening to this, can I please get a spinoff about the Lion Bratva and like a whole romance series about them, please? There are like eight books in this series, aren't there? And they all focus on like yeah. a different animal. It could definitely be happening. No. It, Rachel, I've read all the books in the series. Oh, you think I haven't read all of them? <laughs> Here's another small detail I noticed is that this random Italian mafia guy who comes out, he's like, you guys know my cousin, Giorgio Diviani, right? And they're like, okay, time to fuck off. Later on in this book, we're going to get a random restaurant owner also named Giorgio. So I feel like this is kind of like the hating game where it's like, are they supposed to be the same person or is this just like the same name and just like a mistake or the author really loves this name or is it a different spelling? No, but I, I physically read this book. I actually read it with my own two eyes. So it was the same <laughs> name, same spelling. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I think it's just an Italian name. You know what? She's realistic, right? She's real. You know, people don't all have different names in real life. People have the same name. That's how you know it's a true story and not fiction. This is <laughs> yeah. actually a biography. This is how we know what end of the fantasy spectrum we're on. This is like the real world exists. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, the, the mafia lines leave. Catherine's still in the dumpster. She crawls out of the dumpster and she's like, "Ooh, glad I wasn't in the dumpster anymore." And then she sends a fancy coded text message to somebody who we don't know who, and she's like, "It's the Cabernet is too dry. I need somewhere cooler <laughs> or something." I don't know. There's yeah. a bunch of like, there's this code that like is very clever, but I don't get. <laughs> yeah, she sends it to her quote unquote contact, which makes me think at least like, oh, she's definitely some kind of like cool ass spy. The truth is. Significantly less mysterious, but still, we're gonna but spend still the whole cool. book. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I never guessed it. That's Me, the thing. Oh, like, definitely, it not. was a good twist. I didn't guess. Um, yeah. Definitely. Anyway, so we fast forward a few days in time, uh, <laughs> and uh, Matthew Lennox is the new CEO of Lennox Corp. He's being passed over. He's being passed the position by his mama. And his dad, who are about to go on their world tour, retirement tour of love. And yeah, like there is a lot of nepotism here, um, but he seems like he's a pretty competent CEO and he's super rich, which is what's important. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, Matthew, <laughs> our guy Matthew, he has a twin brother, okay? And at first we're told that – first I was going to be furious on his behalf that he didn't get to be like the head, the head honcho, but he – Initially, we're told he's the CEO of the Lennox Foundation. So Matthew gets the corporation. Jason yeah. gets the foundation. But then later on, they're like – Jason's like, oh, I'm just happy to let Matthew be in charge. So it's unclear if he actually – Well, if actual- it seems – it seems like the CEO is the big – of the Lennox Corporation is the big like – the big honcho and then like the foundation is like just their charity wing so like it's definitely like less responsibility than like mining this because they mine what they do is they mine this super rare like metal that only dragons can mine because very convenient (laughs) Um, and that's how they're so rich so like it's a lot of responsibility the other thing is that they made him ceo after he'd only been working at the lennox corporation for four years like that cannot be good for company morale like here's the thing (laughs) He's a dragon. <laughs> that automatically adds like 20 years of experience onto your resume. Okay. The other thing is that – so they also have – there's the two twins. Then they have an adopted brother named Luke who is a lion. Yes. 
He's a lion. Yes. Not related <gasps> to the mafia. He could, we don't know that. We don't know that He's for sure. He's not, Rachel. I looked it up. I skipped ahead oh. to this book. His book is like book don't four, which is interesting. Me. I'm not going to – it's not a spoiler, but I looked it up because I he his story gets set up a lot. There's a lot of like – cliffhangers when it comes to Luke's story in this book and so I was like and he his book isn't until like book four or five or something and I like skipped ahead to that book to be like I need to know is he secretly going to be a mafia prince and he's not I'm pretty sure god damn it well (laughs) no I wasn't going to say he was going to be a mafia prince I was going to say he's going to definitely going to fall in love with like a girl like a Romeo and Juliet type situation a girl in the mafia gang in the Bratva like a Mm. a daughter of the Bratva okay maybe not anyway speculation does not matter Moving Alicia on. Montgomery, feel free to use these ideas for your Lion Bradfa spinoff series, please. <laughs> Wait, Thank has you. this book not been written yet? No, it has. All oh, of the okay. books have okay, come okay. out. So, okay, so sorry. All of the books have come out. The last book, the last book is, I think, my favorite besides this one. It's about Sybil and two dragons. I was about to say there's a fourth sibling named Sybil. She's also a dragon. However, she does not get any kind of leadership role. She's a social worker. And for some reason, just in general, the vibe of this book was very much like, never mind. I guess this isn't fair to say since the mother is the previous CEO. But in general, I feel like this book had kind of a vibe of like, oh, yes, of course the women will not get. I, I, no, I take it back. No, the mom. no, because the mom, the mom did. And I listen, I've read the prequel. It is free with Alicia Montgomery's newsletter <laughs> sign up. So um, and it's already on our shared Kindle account, Rachel, if you want to read it. Um and uh, the mom, like the the company was like in what's it called? What's it called when a company is escrow? Dissolution. Dissolution. The company is about to fail, basically. Like, and everyone's poor and the castle's dilapidated. We'll get to the castle in a little bit. Um <laughs> and then she it's like an arranged marriage. She gets married to the dad. And then she's like a great businesswoman and um like revitalizes the company and like makes it like one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, yeah, so Ari, the parents' love story, another very important thing, if you're not familiar with this shifter situation and or any kind of mythical creatures, there are mates in this book, which is some fairy-ass shit, and I love it. The parents are mates, and we get this, we get this, like, idea of, though most shifters believe dragons rarely found mates, his father had somehow lucked out, which immediately, as soon as I hear that, like, oh, it's so rare, I'm like, all right, well, every single fucking dragon in this story is definitely going to find a mate, aren't they? Because that's how it always goes. <laughs> in every book I've ever, like, it's always like, oh, imprinting is so rare. Oh, but like every single werewolf has imprinted on someone. Oh, mates are so rare in the fairies. Everyone's going to have a mate. I'm not, I don't hate it, but like, I don't know. Two things. To be fair, there are only like four dragons in this book. So like, and as we find out, spoiler for the eighth book, there is a whole actual like huge society of dragons that these dragons just don't know about because they were exiled like a hundred years ago. (laughs) But to be fair, there are only like four dragons. So statistically, the mating is still rare among the dragon population. Two... I love mates. I love when mates are in the book. One of the reasons, so I love romance novels. This is the reason many people love romance novels is because you have the guaranteed happy, happily ever after. You get a happy ending. You know that all this angst and this pain and this like emotional whatever is going to be worth it at the end because the characters are going to be happy. But mates takes it just for me to like a whole other level of like security blanket because I'm like, oh, oh, like the three fates have spoken. Like these people are going to be together. Like these idiots are already in love. 
I completely agree. I love it. I also feel like in any book like that, it's almost – it's irresponsible for any character to get into a serious relationship with anyone who's not their mate because at any point, their mate, their, who they have like an unavoidable like like planetal like, – like, like gravitational <laughs> pull towards them, they're going to have to ditch their like other partners. Like why are you getting into a relationship with anyone else that – yeah, I don't know. I just don't get that. Yeah, I get – yeah, I don't know. It just never – I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love mates. It's, it's great security. I love mates. We I love, love them. Really, really happy about them. Um, anyway, so Matthew and the boys, a.k.a. Yep. Jason, Luke, Nate and Ben. Nate and Ben are family friends. All go out to the bar. We get a lot of characters introduced. There's also, like, cousins – they all get their own book. Um, yeah. They yeah. all get their own They're book. They're all That's kind why. of just like thrown at you and you kind of feel like, oh, should I know about these people already? But it doesn't matter. Like throughout the course of the book, you get to know them individually sort of to – Yeah. Them. I feel like there's never a point where you're like, oh, I don't understand what's going on because I don't really know much about these characters because they're just sort of like to fill out the background and then they'll get their own stories later. Yeah. So they all head over to the bar where Catherine has recently uh, secured employment and they proceed to <laughs> harass her. Um, yep. Yeah, they're like, oh, I feel like Catherine's enjoying our quote-unquote banter. Said no bartender or service employee ever. Like, they're just being harassed. And she's like, okay, well, I can put up with this or I can risk my tip. Like, I guess I have no choice. She's not yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, they are they sexually harassing her? Yes. Does it bother me? No. Here's the thing. It's always in her. It's we're always in her head when it's happening. And she's never like, oh, my God, this is this fucking sucks. I hate this so much. She's just like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm used to it. Like, I know how the game is played. And so I'm like, I'm like, Catherine's not that bothered by it. So I'm not that bothered by it, even though, like, definitely do not flirt with people in their place of employment. Listener, please do not do not do this to service workers. Do not flirt with people in places that they can't leave. <laughs> please. <laughs> Yeah, I just – it's for me, it's just so visceral. Like, just like the dialogue, I'm like, I cannot – even if you're telling me outwardly that you are enjoying this, I just cannot – it's just not plausible to me. Yeah. No, I'm having flashbacks to that time that, like, 25-year-old man hit on me when I was, like, 17 in lifeguarding. And I was like, I'm alone at this pool 45 minutes away from where I live, and you're asking for my number, and uh, I don't like this. Yeah, so it's very definitely, un- definitely didn't appreciate that. Very uncomfy. Um, However – uh, Catherine's friend, co-worker, Heather, I don't know, something with an H, her co-worker is like, oh, look at those shifters over there. Because apparently they're a shifter like groupies who like to have sex with them. And so because they're, they're all super hot and like animal magnetism and whatever. Um, but uh, her co-worker is like, oh, yeah. And then those two, Jason and Matthew Lennox, are twins. And Catherine is like, twins? <laughs> they don't look like anything alike they look like maybe distant cousins yeah i i love this i love that she can't tell them apart especially because we we laid no, she the, can sorry sorry that she can tell them apart especially because we laid the foundation for this earlier with their mom saying that even she can barely tell them apart sometimes um mm-hmm. so i feel like as soon as you she also like Catherine, like as soon as she sees matthew she's like oh i can't look away like he's something about him and matthew right. we later find out same thing um so yeah but it's <laughs> I, I love this reaction from Catherine, though, because, like, she's like, oh, they don't look like anything alike. But instead of, like, assuming, I feel like like most people would, that, like, 
oh, like, I don't see it, but, like, I believe that they're twins. She just assumes that everybody else in this town are dumbasses. <laughs> that, like, she is surrounded by blind fools who, like, <laughs> are, like, so dumb for thinking that <laughs> these two men are twins instead of for a moment considering that she may be the one in the wrong. She's like, absolutely not. There's no way these people are twins. And the reason, listener, that she can tell them apart is because there's, like, a family legend that, like, your soulmate will be able to tell you apart like in the Lena in her in their mom's family like that's like the family thing which comes into play I'm pretty sure in the prequel book between the parents because I'm pretty sure the dad also had a twin but I could be wrong everyone Uh, (laughs) no and the twins are genetic identical twins are genetic no dude it's the opposite fraternal twins are genetic that's what I was gonna say the implication that identical (laughs) twins are somehow maybe okay Maybe in the shifter universe they can be genetic. Yeah, but like they're dragons. No, no, identical twins are not genetic. Absolutely not. It's a complete okay, well, random anyway, chance. Anyway, the reason she can tell them apart is because she's Matthew's soulmate. Yes. Um, and it's just fun. And again, like I love Catherine's stu- stubbornness that she like never once considers that like she's the one who just can't tell. <laughs> oh, we we love a stubborn gal. Um, so. She's not the only one who's stubborn. Matthew also is like, oh, I don't know why my dragon is like telling me to be into this girl. Like, oh, I'm just like, this is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes out and his favorite, probably favorite line. Just love this. Matthew sat in the car stewing in his juices. <laughs> um, <laughs> and definitely, No, that's definitely a phrase. That's definitely like a, a thing. I know. I that's love definitely- it though. I love it. <laughs> so he sees her and we the next day like he's at work being the big bad CEO and he can't stop thinking about Catherine and he's like what the fuck is going on I I can't possibly tell and he has like a brief flashback to the bar when Nate and Ben or Nate and Jason I don't know two of the dudes his brother Jason is one of them or like have been flirting with Catherine like she's the hot new bartender they're trying to get her to go out with them they're like playboys and he has a little flashback where he's like ready to beat them up for like just looking at Catherine and I'm like I in real life red flag in a book I'm very much into it I love when a man is ready to beat up his closest friends and loved ones for a girl (laughs) and especially when he's too much of a dummy to realize why when he's just like so hot and stupid that he just like doesn't understand that this mating bond that exists that my dragon is telling me exists is yeah. happening here. I love yeah, I love the classic Twilight Fifty Shades bar slash harassment rescue scene. Um classic. Yeah, no, it's just great. And you know what? I love I love the I love the mates. I love the because it's especially here because it's like it's like true love at first sight, love at mate sight. But it's for it's mutual. It's like for both of them. It's like, oh I'm so attracted to you, but I don't know why. The dam has been broken on the love at first sight mating bond and Matthew can't stop stewing in his juices thinking about Catherine. (laughs) So despite the fact that he is a total teetotaler usually and works 90 hours a week and never goes to the bar, back he goes tromping over to Catherine's place of work to ask her out. He stared at her like a total creep. And he's also, he's like, he has this, listen, I really, and I really appreciate this line because I appreciate when um, like rich people are, uh, being conscious of their 
uh, of their impact on the community because he is getting pissed every time someone flirts with the bar and his like little claws come out and he's like he keeps like scraping up the tables in the seat and he makes a mental note where he's like I should send Tim the owner of the bar a check for all the property damage I've caused and I was like good good job Matthew that this is what our paranormal supernatural superhero p- leads always forget to do they never send checks for the cleanup it's he's true. a socially conscious dragon it's true no the 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 Blackstone dragons the the freaking Lennoxes have a lot of influence in this community some might say this is literally a company town that they own <laughs> it is they're, it is they're compared to the robber barons at one point which is supposed <laughs> to be like a favorable comparison and I'm like this is did we attend completely different like tenth grade curriculums? Like this is not a this is not a compliment, my girl. Like it just says how it's just supposed to be about how rich they are. Yeah, but she can't compare him to like Jeffrey Bezos without like him slamming his Kindle Unlimited superpowers That's and taking true. her book offline. <laughs> like she's got to do like some dead people who don't have power anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but okay, so this is when we get the I can't remember who he's rescuing her from. Just like some Oh, some, some dude. So there are some frat bros. Yeah. So normally this is like a shifter bar, it's a shifter town because there's a lot of shifter racism in the world. Oh, and so this yeah. is like a cool, like safe haven for shifters who also get employed in the local mines owned by the Lennox family. And but sometimes some people from the other college, nearby college towns roll on in and are like assholes. And so we have some frat bros um, who are flirting with Catherine and like monopolizing her attention. And Matthew is like stewing in a corner, but he can't do anything because he doesn't want to be a creep, even though he's definitely being creepy. And then eventually he runs out into this car and he goes and stews in his deuces <laughs> in the car. <laughs> and he's waiting. He's like, I, he's like, I want to go home, but I can't go home because Catherine's still in the bar. So he sees five of the frat bows leave. But then he's like, hang on. There were six of them. What the fuck? And then Catherine comes out and he sees her start to walk home. And lo and behold, who pops out? But sixth baddie. I thought he popped out of a car or something. They, no, like, he was like, waiting in his car. Yeah. And, and he rolls so, down his window. So he's like, hey, babe, want to come home with me? And she's like, no, thank you. Goodbye. And he's like, no, that wasn't actually a question. And he tries to grab her, <laughs> at which point, quote, using his shifter speed, he got in front of her, blocking her path. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this frat bro has a giant in human form, probably with his claws out, with his hand on his neck. And he's like, amazing. Yeah. And he's like, well, all right, it's time to fuck off. And time, this is enough. Enough women have been harassed for tonight. I filled my quota. <laughs> <laughs> but not only. excuse me not only does matthew threaten him with his dragon self but he also threatens him with his human robber baron self because the guy is like you don't know who you're messing with and matthew's like the name's matthew lennox look it up (laughs) and then he slams the door and like kicks the butt of his car as he drives off (laughs) so he's like not you know he's using all of the privilege at his disposal um i also like at this point Catherine's walking home i don't know what time of year it is but i guess it's cold because she's wearing a puffy coat and matthew's only concern for her walking home he's like what is she doing walking home in this weather like she'll be cold (laughs) like he's just like sitting in his car being like oh no she's gonna be cold and i'm like oh you hot dummy you're (laughs) dummy why don't you warm her up with your dragon breath matthew (laughs) right i feel like this is dragon breath severely underutilized as a heating mechanism like are you kidding me this should be like some like portable fire type shit um yeah so okay so back to the the post bar he's like we're walking home 
to your home, he corrected. They could talk about oh, her moving in with him another time. <laughs> no, here's the full line. He's like, I'm taking you home. Sky blue eyes went wide. It's dinner plates. <laughs> Pardon me? And by the Catherine has a slight accent that's vaguely British, which is why I'm doing that. <laughs> Pardon me? To your home, he corrected. They could talk about her moving in with him another time. Yeah. Maybe he should iron out other important details first, like her name. Because he doesn't know her <laughs> full name yet. He only knows her name is Catherine. He doesn't know her last name. <laughs> and then naturally, she like protests. She's like, no, it's like a block away. Get away from me, random dude. Well, she doesn't know. She doesn't tell him that it's a block away, but she does say, like, you have been staring at me all night. I'm not getting in your fucking car with you, you weirdo. And he's like, fair, fair enough. But in his, he's like, I'm not asking you to marry me. And in his head, he's like, yet. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Oh, man. And here's the thing. Like, on one hand, like, he's already asked her out. She's rejected him, like, at this point. And, like, on one hand, I'm, like, in real life, men, when women turn you down, just believe them. Leave them alone. Women, if a guy asks you out... And you turn him down, like, do it because you genuinely want to turn him down, not because, like, you're playing some, like, Mr. Collins, Lizzie Bennett game. Like, but and Lizzie's not playing. You mean. No, no, no. But Mr. <laughs> Collins thinks she is. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, when, when you give someone an answer, have it be your actual answer. And men, when someone gives you their answer, assume that it is their actual answer and leave them alone. In real life, that is the rule. In books, absolutely fucking not. I do not want my heroes for one second to take no for an answer, especially in a faded bait situation. Yes. I want you to browbeat her over the head <laughs> with your soul on a platter and be like, absolutely not. We are fated to be together, asshole. <laughs> My love. <laughs> so following that script, he follows her home naturally. She's like, fine, you can walk me home, but don't walk behind me like a stalker. Like, <laughs> walk beside me. She's like, don't fucking follow me, you weirdo. Like, if you're going to walk me home, just like walk with me. <laughs> He's like, but I'm quadrupedal. I need more space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah she lives like right across from the bar it's funny because like they start to walk home she literally just crosses the street and she's like I'm here oh. and he's like oh <laughs> anyway it's time for the big date at you guessed it Giorgio's restaurant um, which I thought was a familiar name and it no, is no 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 what? no 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 not yet what happens not yet what happens? they have to make out in the alleyway first Okay, he walks her home. He asks her out. She turns him down, and he is very sad about it. But we do have a great moment. One of my favorite moments in romances is when the hero or the heroine or whoever has a thought, and he's like, mine, like in little <laughs> italics to show that it's like a mental thought. I love those. I love it. Spicy. I want it in every single book. I love it. I love a mental claiming. Anyway, he asks her out. She turns him down. He goes back, and he's like, I'm going to respect her wishes, and I'm going to be very sad about it. And he's a dick to his employees, and he was, makes one of his assistants quit, and his dragon's really pissy at him and then he finally is like I'm gonna go back to the bar like two days later <laughs> and he's creeping on her again and he's buying everybody drinks to get them to leave the bar he's like <laughs> buying everybody's drinks and I'm like again I like when rich men use their powers for good aka getting people free stuff even if it's to harass the bartender I'm into it <laughs> like it's great <laughs> yeah he better be yeah he's like I tip double don't worry which like 
good. And she's like, take it back. And I'm like, a real bartender would never say that. <laughs> a real bartender would take it. A real bartender would use every tool at her disposal to get as many tips as possible. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So then this is when she agrees to go to Giorgio's when- restaurant day. Yeah. No, they make out in what? the alleyway. What? She goes into the alleyway. He's harassing her all night she's like i'm taking my break like we're done after he tips her double she goes into the alleyway to cool off on her break and he is like very disheartened and then his brother jason j bro comes up and he's like bro she's your mate like you can't let her go you're a blackstone dragon man and i'm like okay well anyway he follows her he follows her into the alleyway and she senses him air always gets cold when his like dragon is activated which like she turns around and she's like you and he without a word comes up pushes her up against the wall and they make out hard and again it's assault but also (laughs) am i into it yes very aroused by it very into it Yeah, And this is when he sexy times her into agreeing to go on the date, which I also love. I love when you like the good old like the kiss and distract technique, like where you get someone to agree to stuff after like they're like, what? I was on the verge of orgasm. I don't have like my mental faculties, which is what happened. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So then they're going to Giorgio's restaurant. Oh, (laughs) side note. Ari, Ari, her sensing him as a dragon. She, for some reason, is like Ari. Ari, regarding. Oh, there's a character named Ari. So I keep thinking that you're like skipping ahead. (laughs) No. So she's better than most humans for some reason at like knowing if someone's a shifter. Like all shifters can tell if someone else is a shifter, but apparently most humans can't. And she's like hinting the whole time. She's like, ah, most humans like either can or just don't bother, but I'm just so good at it. And for some reason, I thought that was going to be part of her like spy plot line. But it's just really unexplained why she's good at that. No, no, it's not. There's a very, it's a very clear explanation for why she like knows more about shifters than most people. No, but she doesn't even know more than like her, never mind. She doesn't know more than similarly situated. Anyway. Giorgio's Restaurante. so loud. Good. I'm just going to keep making my accent get stronger and stronger every time I say. So... So the big day has come. Matthew picks Catherine up in his Range Rover. Of course he has a Range Rover. It's the Volvo S60R of 2018. The queen has like a collection of Range Rovers. This is the rich people car. Yes, definitely. Um, And they go to Giorgio's Ristoriante. And Giorgio himself is there to greet them. And he's like, hey, Matthew, the big donor around town. Can we get a nice... (laughs) And it turns out this is like Matthew. This is the the Lennox family's favorite restaurant. They have a big history here. Their parent, his parents, came here on their first date as fated mates. Read the prequel for full details. <laughs> and they always sit in the same table, which is a circle booth. Which don't get me wrong, circle booths, sick table for a group of at least five. Okay, which is they have a group of six. It's great. However. It just seems like the worst possible table choice for a date of two people because either you're going to be sitting together in the center of the semicircle, like some kind of king and queen, unable to <laughs> able to hold court but unable to hold a conversation, or you're going to be sitting like so awkwardly at like the weirdest angle, like so far away. I just don't get it. Like, why would you choose that table? Third option, 
they do what these people do is Catherine scoots all the way to one end and Matthew slowly just creeps around. <laughs> but like either way, the whole scene. like either way, you're not facing each other. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like that's just yeah, not. I, don't know. I like it. I like booths. It's very nice. They're not in it for very long. Um, the reason being is that Catherine is so aroused by watching Matthew eat his bread and dipping sauce that she doesn't remember that she has a deadly food allergy. Yes. And-, <laughs> and friends, if you rem- if you listen to our hating game episode, I just want to say that I did foreshadow to this. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this book <laughs> about strawberry allergies and this is that scene that I was talking about. Yeah, so Catherine has a strawberry allergy. Despite this, she's like Oh, I just want to get this date over as quickly as possible. Matthew, you've been here. Just order whatever you want off the menu and I'll eat it just so I can get the hell out of Dodge and just get out of this restaurant. She's doing that because she's wants to be a bitch because she doesn't want him to ask her out again. I understand. However, I do not personally have a food allergy. I know several people with food allergies. One thing I cannot imagine any of them ever doing is going to a restaurant and telling someone else who doesn't know about the allergy, oh, just order whatever you want and then actually eating that without doing any check of what is in that food. Like, you know why I don't think anyone I know with a food allergy would do that? It's because if you have a food allergy, you're not going to make it to adulthood if you behave like that. <laughs> like, to be, to be fair, please inform me of a single Italian dish besides this, this proprietary strawberry vinaigrette at this <laughs> specific Italian restaurant. But of every Italian restaurant that you've ever been in, name a single dish with strawberries in it. I have no idea, but it does. I feel like it doesn't matter. Like I, I just Rachel, you want to know why? It's the power of boners. <laughs> the power of boners is so strong that she's like, I can't even think about my medical condition because his lips and his tongue eating that strawberry vinaigrette. It's like a metaphor for eating my pussy, and I want that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, it's just the fact that she's alive right now is just like beyond my comprehension (laughs) because she comes very close to being unalive in a second. (laughs) He takes a bite of his delicious strawberry vinaigrette and then he's like, ah, come here, sugar. Give me a smooch. (laughs) And and then they break apart and he's like, ooh, she's aroused. She's getting a little red. Ah, she's getting very red. She's getting purple. She's not breathing. Yeah, and Jordan like, Gio comes over and he's like, <laughs> she's like, what? Was, she's like, what? what in that? And he's like, strawberry vinaigrette. And she's like, straw. And then she passes out. Yeah. And, then, and then she passes out from not being able to breathe. Like, how long can you not, can you be in anaphylactic shock without treatment and not be breathing and stay alive? Also, why isn't their first instinct to be like, hey, does anyone <laughs> in this popular Italian restaurant have an EpiPen? Like, Wait question are EpiPens universal yes yes okay are. so it's not like yeah. specific to it's the a rush of them. like it's a rush of like endorphins or something that you just stab. adrenaline adrenaline rough, adrenaline yeah okay 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 um they Fair. don't do that he's not thinking about that um instead he he's like call an ambulance then he's like no i know the quickest way to the hospital which to be fair to a criticism of the american medical system yeah a lot of times it's just faster to drive yourself to the hospital (laughs) and cheaper well but also you don't have to wait for an ambulance to come however this was a huge bait and switch he's like wait never mind i know a faster way he picked her up and started running and then got in his fucking range rover instead of turning (laughs) into a dragon why didn't he turn into a dragon and fly her there? 
Can I just say what a tease that what a tease this line is? And also, at this point, I was twenty eight percent into the book, and no one has actually fully turned into any mythical creatures yet, which was a big disappointment. This will be rectified later on, but let me just say at this point, I'm like, what is the point? Like, come on. Yeah, no, I mean, but there are many references, like his dragon is constantly referenced. At one point when he's scaring away the people from the bar, he's like, they ran away with their tails between their legs when he gave them his most intimidating, I can literally eat you whole look. And I just feel like, (laughs) here's my, the finale, the way Matthew uses his dragon powers is just so deliciously silly and wonderful (laughs) and violent in the finale that it really like just makes makes it all up for me (laughs) i also wrote down that exact quote um but that's what i'm saying (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's been like it's been teased at hinted at this whole time but it's just like i need a full transformation come on and we'll get that we will get that don't worry Um, yeah yeah for for many many dragon scenes the eighth book let me tell you the eighth book has so many dragon scenes (laughs) um Um, so they go so she's at the hospital um, and the doctor's like, ah, oh, she can't see her eyes. Oh, before this, they're, they're like, her eyes were thin slits and her cheeks had puffed up like a chipmunks. Matthew had always thought chipmunks were cute. <laughs> like, congratulations, so on, congratulations on having an original opinion. Chipmunks are objectively. No, but he's doing it. Like, she's supposed to be like very uh, like disturbing and gross looking. And he's know, just like, oh, but no, she's really cute. Chipmunks <laughs> are objectively some of the most adorable animals. And I don't understand why they haven't been domesticated. If we can have hamsters as pets, chipmunks are just objectively cuter. Yeah. Anyway, honestly, they would probably somehow like get super ugly if we domesticated them. It's like how dogs look like dogs are very cute, but they are objectively less cool than wolves. Like wolves are just objectively cooler looking and it's because they've been domesticated. No, dogs are a bad example because I agree wolves are cool looking, but dogs are objectively cuter. For a great example of an animal that got uglier, look at weasels and fucking (laughs) – oh, what are the um, – Ferrets. Weasels and ferrets. Have you ever seen a wild weasel? They're fucking adorable. They're so cute. They're tiny. (laughs) We have ferrets. Also cute. I'm not dissing ferrets here. I'm just saying compared to their wild cousins, like it was really a step down. Are ferrets really just domesticated weasels? Yeah. It's probably- No, I thought they were like different. I thought they were like slightly different but related. It's like, I mean, yeah, like dogs and wolves. No, like not in the- I don't know. I don't know enough about ferret domestication. (laughs) So this conversation because um because her chipmunk cheeks have made her eyes be such thin slits she apparently can't see at all so the doctor is like oh well she's gonna have to stay the night if she doesn't have anyone to take care of her and she's like no no I don't have insurance which again American medical system very (laughs) expensive I do not blame her um and so Matthew is like I'm paying for everything don't worry it's all me which yes you know what even outside of the fact that he's in love with her he did cause this (laughs) he did give her an allergic reaction that almost killed her he should pay for her medical (laughs) bills um but she's like no no and he's he's also like I'll take care of her give her into my custody and she's like no no and the doctor's like all right when you're gonna have then you're gonna have to stay which like I don't know I mean this this works it gets it gets the job done however you do pretty sure you do always have the option to leave against medical advice. Yes. They can't just Yes, keep but you, you have there. to sign a little form. Yeah, sure, but they I can't actually They can't actually like keep you there against your will. But whatever. I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice to give to our readers or good knowledge or bad knowledge for people to have. It's probably not usually a good idea to leave against medical advice, but you can do it. <laughs> and that was your little legal reading for this episode. <laughs> Join us next week for no. how to sue the bear that's attacked you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, anyway, so he takes her home from the hospital and her house is really shitty because it's a studio and it's also being kept on her barkeeper salary. And yeah, um, they curl up on the futon together. Um, she's sleeping in her date outfit sweater dress, which I don't understand why she can't just put on pajamas, but she doesn't. Um, and she wakes up. She's like, oh, no. He no, he goes to sleep on the chair. She goes to sleep on the futon. He goes to sleep on the scare. But then she has a dream, a mysterious dream that leads more to him mysterious past. Yeah. So this is actually, I think, hilarious. So her it's not hilarious, but in her dream, she's like, the smell of the hospital is distinct, something she'd never forget in her life. She let out a gasp. Stale air failed her lungs, but at least it wasn't that smell. So the, the the key thing here is that the hospitals have a distinctive smell. And let me just go on a tangent here to say that I recently watched some of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and one of what? the key, like one of the key dramas in that show is that there's a character called Mary, and another 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 housewife had recently gone to the hospital and then came over to hang out with Mary, and Mary was like. You smell like hospital. I had very bad experiences in hospitals. I hate the smell of hospital. Please, like, get away from me. I hate smelling hospitals. So that caused a huge amount of drama, and all the characters are like, mm. what do you mean? Hospitals don't have a smell. Like, whatever. Mary's vindicated by this book. There's yes. at least one other one other person who, yes. who can't well, stand the smell of hospitals. Get, like, the smell. She's specifically talking about, like, the antiseptic smell. So I get, like, sure. in, like, a super sterile environment. There is, like, a sterile. Definitely, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she's having a PTSD attack. This hints, reader, listener, you may be asking, as I asked myself at multiple times in this book while rereading it and when I originally read it, Catherine, you are being chased by a lion mob. <laughs> the Bratva. And you have just come to a town that is run by fucking dragons. <laughs> and one of these dragons has the hots for you. Why not? Team up with him so that he can protect you. And allow me to answer this. It is because, A, she's a dumbass. B, <laughs> because she is running away from something else. She has a whole deeper past. Not only is she running from the lion mafia, but she is running from a whole other, never explicitly said mafia, but like definitely another mafia <laughs> they're lieutenants if they're lieutenants and it's not an army it's the mafia yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Yep, okay yeah. anyway <laughs> so um, so that is why listener if you may be asking he's a literal fucking dragon he is definitely at the top of the shifter food chain he's also really rich that's why that's why she's not and she won't tell him she refuses to tell him what's going on <laughs> yeah she's constantly just like i can't put down roots i can't fall for him she doesn't know that she's his literal mate yet but she's still like i gotta no. i gotta stay on my toes be able to run at any second um and the reason the reason he's not telling her that she's his mate is because she's human and he doesn't know that like she knows more about shifters than the average joe um and so he's like i don't want to like scare her because like when your shifter finds your mate it's like zero to 100 like you're immediately in love mm -hmm. but he's like ah, humans like don't operate like that mm -hmm. um so she wakes up and of course they make out um but then he he stops making out with her to answer his phone Proof that capitalism is bad. His office calls him <laughs> on the phone and she doesn't get to orgasm. She's about to orgasm and she doesn't because of capitalism. Yes. Also, who in this book was written in 2018? 
Who in 2018 doesn't have their phone on silent? Like, what? Are you out of your mind? Also, CEOs. Also, right, but CEOs. But also, he's like, oh, I didn't let the office know I'd be in late, so they're calling you. What is even the point of being in CEO if you can't being CEO if you can't come in whenever you want? Yeah, he's a, he's listen. He's on the job. He's not a lazy CEO. I don't know. I just feel he like- earns that salary. He even turns into a dragon and helps mine the blacks. Like he he's working. He's not just the man. He's like with a with a capital M, he's man with a lowercase M. He's a yeah, common man. Exactly. I just feel like it's this is the perfect example of your reward for climbing the cor- corporate ladder and making it higher than anyone else. It's it's the, the it's a pie eating contest where the 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 trophy is more pie. What is the saying? He, he, here's the thing, <laughs> Rachel. He did not, as we pointed out earlier, as you pointed out earlier, he did not climb the corporate ladder. He came out of the corporate vagina and was gifted. <laughs> The company after four hard years, he hasn't paid his dues yet. He needs to get up at 6 a.m. so that he can earn those golf trips. (laughs) So, yeah, he immediately puts us off, immediately just ditches her, which I find inconceivable. But he's constantly doing that. He's also I want to point out this man is in his boxers. So he crawls into bed with her when she's having the nightmare. He crawls into the futon. She wakes up pressed against him. And she's specifically like, I feel his bare chest and his bare legs. Implying that this man, like, who? You're sleeping in some, not only in somebody else's house, but in somebody else's bed who you met two days ago. And you have the gall to sleep in your boxers? Like, I I understand maybe even like taking off like, I don't know, like taking off pant or shirt but like wear a t-shirt and boxers or like pants and like bare chest like this man i know the balls on this man <laughs> the Wait, dragon literally. balls on this man <laughs> disappointingly he seems to have actual skin underneath those clothes that they're not the scales <laughs> all the time no no this is not a furry book <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, there are no like romantic. That was that was the one thing that I felt that I was a little disappointed with, with the overall lack of turning into a dragon, except in the finale is because there were no romantic dragon scenes. Like there was no how to train your dragon flying in the sky at sunset, (laughs) like dragon scenes. She's riding on his back. There was no like pseudo dragon sex where he somehow uses like his claws as like kink play, like. I did feel a little bit robbed in that respect. Significantly, yeah. Correspondingly decreases the cat scale uh, score of this book. Oh, I don't know, Rachel. There's this one line. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have some thoughts on the okay, cat scale. Sorry. So I'm just I'm basing this off of the fact that the dragon and how to train your dragon is based on cats. That's why the the cat the cat how to train your dragon scenes. I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. Moving on. He's at work. <laughs> She's a bartender, so she gets to spend her day however she wants, and then she putzes off to work um, and meets a new friend. So, not a friend. Not a friend. Very unfriendly friend. man. <laughs> Creepy man in his 40s um, who gets a little too friendly, um, who gets a little too unfriendly. And he's like, hey, can't you stop and talk for a bit, toots? And then she's like, no thanks. And he's like, I recognize you, don't I? You were definitely a bartender back in LA. And she's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. He knows. Um, but luckily or unluckily for her, um, Matthew 
has decided that she can't be trusted to just live her life for a day. So he has enlisted okay. his brother Luke <laughs> to come protect her. To be her. fair, the last time she almost got like sexually assaulted. That's so, true. So like clearly this is not a town that is safe at night for women. <laughs> Luke is on the job. Um, and when she predictably walking outside, when she predictably gets once again approached by a creepy ass man, Luke immediately intervenes. And of course, as we've stated before, shifters can immediately tell if other people are shifters. And guess, guess, listener, I'm going to give you five seconds to guess what this creepy man is a shifter of, because I feel like it's the most, it's like stereotypical animal. It's hilarious (laughs) because (laughs) so, so he's a, so Luke, Luke, the lion, Luke, the lion walks up and he's like, get away from her dog. And of course, this man is actually a hyena shifter, and I think it's hilarious that he gets um, like offended that Luke would assume he's a dog. <laughs> he's like, "I'm a hyena," and this actually, I think, <laughs> definitely a high high score on the cat scale for this one because, I, in my mind, I just immediately created like a backstory for this where hyenas, as we all know, they're neither feline nor canine; they're something else. Really? Yeah, they're not. What did you think they were? Well, I thought I I thought this was some sort of meta reference that they're actually related to like cats, but like they look no, like dogs. no, they're neither felids nor canids. So in my head, I'm immediately thinking that for some reason the hyenas are super touchy about this and they want to be identified as cats. <laughs> so anytime someone like it's a, it's a real dig to call them a dog. Um, also, dog dragons feel very dog like. So I don't know. But also, no, I don't know. Train your dragon. I don't know. Never mind. I take that back. But maybe. But yeah, yeah I just like, hyena. it's hilarious. I have a question for you, Rachel. Were so I have a very vivid image of what this man looked like in my head. Everybody else, and usually this applies to like all books. Like I don't really have like that clear images of what characters look like. Like I usually, it's usually like a blob, mm-hmm. like a skin colored blob with like whatever their hair looks like, yeah. and like maybe if like their eyes are mentioned a lot, like those colored dots like in their face. This man. <laughs> I had such a distinct image of him with like a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> like like the top like four buttons unbuttoned, like a gold chain, a hairy chest, like a comb over, like even though it's like presumably like 40 degrees here, he's like hanging out like in his like shorts, like he maybe even wearing like flip flops. I had a very clear image of what this man looks like. So you're picturing Dionysus from the Percy Jackson yes. series. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> See, that's not at all. I feel like I, I'm picturing like someone who's like on on a drug withdrawal, like skinny, sweating. Oh, no. Well, he's also skinny. Yes, the man in my head is skinny. He's like Mr. He's like your preschool teacher, who I'm not going to say the what? full name of on this thing, Mr. B. That's he's even nothing like that. No, no, no. But I'm I'm, I'm talking like smaller, shorter version version of him, but like similar, like flip flop body and, shape, like, like crazy hair. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm picturing closer to like, I don't know, the the movie version of Barty Crouch Jr. Like David Tennant? I don't know. In that movie. Like specifically like sweaty, <laughs> very like high. I can I can see the sweat. Yeah. Um Okay. But anyway, he's Well, I'm he, glad that we both have very clear images of what this <laughs> random man who appears for approximately like three pages. Yeah, and he yeah, so unluckily for him, he's about to get threatened by Luke the Lion within an inch of his life in the present. Not a Broadfa. In not no, a Broadfa Luke, lion. Luke the Lion slash dragon member, member of the Dragon Clan. He's about to get threatened in the presence of witnesses. So there are witnesses that are standing there, just random couples, and Luke's like, Yeah, scram, scram, but not before they hear him say get out of here before I bite your head off or whatever. 
to the hyena guy. Yes. Yes. And so Catherine's like, all right, thanks for that. Get out of here. And Luke's like, nah, sorry. I promised my big bro that I'd tail you home. (laughs) And so once again, they walk home and they cross the street with Luke switching sides halfway. Very specific. I'm not sure why this is necessary. Well, I wonder whether this is he's switching sides because something that I learned from mafia romances. um, So maybe this reveals Luke's never revealed mafia ties instinct (laughs) is that in mafia romances, you know that someone is a good mafia man versus an evil mafia man because the good mafia men stand on the side of the street when you're walking on the sidewalk with a lady you stand on the side that's closest to the street in case there's like an attempted kidnapping slash shootout so luke has the mafia no it's like to protect her so that she's not like closer to the street anyway luke has mafia instincts that was (laughs) also that was also my thought like is it to be i mean that's just like a general thing to walk on the side of traffic so that like if a car is going to hit you it hits you first instead of her that's not, I understand I this, but I learned that from I learned that from mafia books because yeah. a lot of the times the hero makes a big show of being like, specifically in that one Irish series I was telling about of being like I don't like you go on the inside of the street because I have to protect you because I'm the man and I've got a anchor tattoo and a gun. Yeah, I've seen that in a lot of contexts. Like you, it'll often be also to like signal that like the one guy is not the guy is not the love interest because he doesn't do that, you know. Mm, um, but, but yeah, the, yeah. 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 Yeah, so maybe that's it. Um, anyway, <laughs> she gets home. Um, she goes inside, and then she hears a knock, knock, knock at the door, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's that lion man again!" But it's not; it's Matthew. And she's like, "Matthew, kindly fuck off," because she's scared. Because she's like, "I was recognized. I have to get out of here quick." Yeah, her. Immediate- so she's about to catch a bus at a dodge. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's like, my grandma's sick. Uh, uh, I have to leave. <laughs> and Matthew is very sad and heartbroken and runs away. Um, and she catches, like, goes to leave and catch the next bus. Well, I this is I, I enjoyed this because there, she's like, it was just my dumb, stupid luck that there were no buses out of Blackstone the next day. No, we're going far away anyway. And this just felt to me very, like, Hallmark Christmas movie. Like, the fact that the bus is delayed by one day is going to make – the love interests get together. It's very much like, ah, oh, there's a snowstorm. So we're all forced to stay at the inn and fall in love. Like the fact that. Well, <laughs> what I really liked about this book was that just when it starts to sort of like lull into the normal pattern of like a Hallmark ch- channel, like Christmas rom-com or whatever, she cranks it up to 11. <laughs> Because Catherine, like, it's the will they, won't they. Catherine is about to run away because she's scared of love and also the lion mafia. But then she's accused of murder. (laughs) As she's on her way out with her bags packed the next day, we get another (laughs) knock, knock, knock at the door. But who is it this time? Our local police chief. And he's like, ah, our our suspect is on the run here. It is pretty suspicious. You're you're packing your bags. You're trying to get out of town. And he's like, if you'd like to – he's like, do you want – I forget what the guy's name is. He's like, what do you know about Oh, I don't know. Hyena man. What do you know about we don't we don't know we don't know it's hyena man. What do you know about Joe Schmo? And she's like, never heard of him. And she's like, he's like, I'll give you one more chance. And she's like, I've I've literally never heard of him. And then he shows her some pictures of him dead, naturally. Well, they go to the police station but and he's then he like, shows her pictures. So, so the police chief is like, So if you'd like to cooperate, I suggest you get into the police car and we can talk at the station. And she's like, if I don't And he's like, well, I'll have to upgrade your status to possible suspect and detain you. Honestly, I feel like if the police ever say this to you, it's probably a bluff. You should always refuse to talk to them. Like, they need probable cause to arrest you, and they have to read you your rights. 
So like if they had that, they would already arrest you. Like you're just leaving yourself vulnerable if you ever talk yes. to them. The doodle do 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 legal advice corner with Rachel and Allison. No. <laughs> if the police ever approach you no. from Allison, because Rachel's not allowed to give legal <laughs> advice because she's a law student, from Allison who has no legal backing whatsoever. If the police attempt to contact <laughs> you and speak with you, never speak with them. Never open the door. Never speak with them without a lawyer present. The police are never on your side. The police are never on your side, even if you're innocent. Always get a lawyer. Never open the door for them without a warrant. It's also pointless to ask the cop, should I be calling a lawyer, which she does, because they're never going to say yes. They don't want you to have a yes. lawyer. That just makes their well, job kind of harder. He does because he's like the nice con- country policeman. But no, he in no. real life. He says no. No, no, he does. He leaves the room. He le- no, no, no. They get to the police station and he's like, we think you're a murder suspect of hyena man and then she the chapter ends with her being like should i be calling a lawyer and then the next time we see the police chief he's leaving the room and he's like i'm going to call the public defender because she asked for a lawyer oh i guess so he does get her a lawyer but in real life in real life friends they will do everything they possibly can to not get you a lawyer which is why you have to specifically say i am like i am uh invoking my right to an attorney and i will not speak anymore afterward yeah. And then you stay quiet. Yeah, and then actually not speak. Um, yes. So he, have, which is also a right. It's their Fifth Amendment right to not speak to the so police. The pictures he shows her of Hyena Man are of him dead, very gruesome, but also of his place that he was staying, having pictures of Catherine all over the goddamn place. So that's why they think that she knows him and that she might. They also have the witnesses saying that they overheard Luke and her threatening Hyena Man the night before. Yeah. Which, but I I'm mean, also like, why, like. From my view as an outsider, I'd be like, okay, this guy was clearly stalking her. Right. So why – I feel like why is you making the stalking victim <laughs> the it, prime suspect? Right. Well, I mean, I guess she's the only one in town who would have any connection to him, I guess. But also Luke. Why isn't Luke the one in handcuffs? Like he's the only one who actually threatened well, the hyena Well, he is. Well, he is. He's brought in. No, no, no. So he's brought in. He's in the station. And then he later, he tells Matthew, he's like, they brought me in. But he's like, I have an alibi because he <laughs> – Luke <laughs> – broods and he runs around the estate like every night when he can't sleep to like do patrols and so there's a lot of like video footage of him like running around as a a lion importantly yes okay but like presumably they have some sort of markings anyway um yeah there's a lot of video footage so he has like a very strong alibi though obviously she was in bed and she doesn't have an alibi but so luke luke was brought in they did do their due diligence but he has a very strong alibi so so while this is happening matthew is off doing his dragon duty of mining the blackstone in the blackstone mountain which as we said before only dragons could do which is very cool like i feel like that's a good (laughs) and for some reason it's a quote-unquote open secret how blackstone is mined which i'm like why is it a secret at all is this like somehow illegal like how does how does osha feel about this <laughs> like i don't know maybe i don't know maybe it has something to do with the anti-shifter terrorists and i call them terrorists by the way spoiler alerts for the later books because like as the book series goes on they become more and more like violent for <laughs> anti-shifter like it's not just like like they're not just like po- Pu- publishing like opinion pieces in the New York Times, like they're like setting off bombs. They're <laughs> violent. Like, they're violent in this book. Like they're well, yeah, but I'm violent. saying like on the page against the main characters on the page. Yeah, <laughs> this is where we get the robber baron comparison, which is like I'm like, why are you comparing yourself to robber barons? Like- oh. Important fact. So when these people shift, presumably this is not just the dragons. Presumably this is all shifters, but we only get this confirmed with the dragons when they shift. They 
can't shift with their clothes yeah. on. Yeah. So they have to take their clothes off, shift, and then unshift their butt ass naked <laughs> and then get their clothes on. We get this because Matthew is doing his job. <laughs> and apparently this is not an HR problem <laughs> that everyone at this mine gets to see him naked or like Jason naked, whoever naked every time. But He's butt naked. And later, again, spoiler alert for the eighth book, when they meet the rest of the dragons, the rest of the dragons are like, are you are you kidding me? Like, there's a very easy, like, spell not moving <laughs> to take your clothes off. Like, you guys have been getting naked every time you sh- <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, this is very gratuitous. Later on. <laughs> it's literally like, but it's because the other dragons, the other dragons. So I, I'm going way too much in the eighth book, but like you find there, there's a whole tiff. The these the Blackstone dragons got like excommunicated from the dragon community <laughs> and like lost all the secrets. So like there's all this oh. cool shit that dragons can do that they're just like not allowed to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, later on, Michael <laughs> Matthew is going to go to the hospital and have a whole ass conversation with the nurse in public, and then later they're going to be like, and then his sister brought him some clothes. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know. <laughs> So I feel like everyone in town is just used to this. This is why there are shifter groupies. It's because they know exactly the goods they're going to get. They can see it all. I didn't even, that didn't even register. Oh that my God. The whole time. <laughs> okay. So he gets done at his, at his fire breathing shift. And for some, for some reason, every trip in Blackstone, whether it's walking or driving, no matter where they are, it takes about an hour. For some reason, well, I noticed the mountains. that. They're in the Colorado mountains. So sure. they're in like big mountains that are definitely like far away from like, – the town is in the valley. But it, mountain roads are twisty. But it, it also takes Catherine an hour to walk to work. And I'm like, this is a small town. Like you no, really it live- doesn't. It yeah, takes it her an hour to walk to the bus stop. No. And also the about. bus stop, also to work, also for him to drive from the mines. Every trip takes an hour. <laughs> it's the rule. No. I, I made note of this. Anyway – so it takes him about an hour to get to the, to the police station, and then we get this quote. And of course, when the police station needed funds to expand the headquarters and hire additional police officers, <laughs> the Lennox family was more than willing to provide what they needed. I'm like, what? Is that even legal? Are you allowed to just like solely bankroll <laughs> your local police department? Like, what? I guess you can You're definitely donate. not allowed to, but you definitely that definitely happens in real life <laughs> and in this book. Um, I do also want to say, Rachel, that we as East Coast suburbs slickers don't understand the pure vastness of the American West and the fact that all those motherfuckers have to take an hour to drive everywhere. Like I feel like that is very realistic in my experience with it's driving not just around driving. these those like square states. Is that everything takes so fucking yeah. long? <laughs> yeah, it's unclear what. Uh, what state they're in but i don't know so he gets there and he's immediately like all right gotta call our family lawyer to our local police station that we own and their family <laughs> lawyer sorkin shows up and i don't i'm not totally sure i have to take the the professional responsibility exam actually tomorrow but i'm pretty sure that him showing up like this without Catherine requesting it is solicitation that violates the ethics rules like you're not allowed no. to show up to someone that you know needs legal services and be like hey hire me but whatever he's oh, trying to be well <laughs> yeah what well, what i was thinking my my question about this was he if he's like the company lawyer he's like a corporate lawyer like he's not a criminal no it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you can't I show mean, up. obviously like they're 
No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like he like doesn't even have any experience to, to represent. Oh, yeah, that's her. yeah. That would be another violation. Another violation of the ethics rules. Well, do you have to? Yeah, you have to be like, competent when you pass the bar. I'm saying when you pass the bar. Are you like specializing? No, you so you like, don't. You don't have. Is to, it like medicine where you have to like do like an extra like no specialty? No, no. So you don't. It's not like you have to like have had a lot of previous experience. You just have to be like, if you don't, you have to be willing to like learn it or like get get like help from someone who does know it. So oh, okay. I, I'm like, he's I'm, I, he seems pretty confident. That's not what I'm concerned about here. Okay. Right. Um, um so- I do. Before we move on, I do want to point out um, that the hyena man was killed at the Shady Mountain Motel, and I just really love that naming. <laughs> like, you can't get more on the nose than being <laughs> killed at Shady Mountain. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um. So Catherine is considered a flight risk. Honestly, usually I feel like when the police kind of pull this kind of shit and try to keep people in custody, I'm like, all right, this seems like bullshit. But she actually was on her way out of town, so like, yeah, fair I mean, she had like a yeah. duffel bag over her shoulder. Of, like, this makes sense. But of course, the guarantee of the of the police headquarters sponsors, the Lennox family, <laughs> Matthew's like, I'll make sure she stays locked up in the castle under lock and key. Release her I into mean, my custody. Fair. The castle is like a fortress. <laughs> right. But also it's like implied that there's only one guest bedroom in the in the entire castle. <laughs> I'm like like when well, they get there. Because, okay, okay. So we need to we need to like take a pause and talk about this fucking castle. So, so let's take a Catherine let's- goes home with Maddie Boy, because Maddie Boy is like, I you can arrest me if she runs. Like I'll make sure she doesn't run. And naturally the police chief trusts his dragon buddy slash patron. And <laughs> they go home and Catherine has this internal thing where she like they drive up to the castle and she's like, he called it Blackstone Castle, but I thought that was just like one of those dumb house names that like rich people give their like big houses. But no, it is a literal castle. Like it is explicitly built because like some like great 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 grandfather or whatever like wanted to marry some Swedish countess and the Swedish council was like oh I will marry you if you build me a castle that was a horrible sweet I'm so sorry I don't even know what that accent was um she was like I will marry if you'll build me a castle and then it's like and then great 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 grandpappy did (laughs) and so now we have a literal castle in the middle of Colorado or wherever the fuck we are yeah so let's let's recap what's happened so far in the book I think this is a good point to just like make sure everyone's up to speed Catherine came from LA where she was being pursued by the Bratva who killed her roommate and they're after her she runs to Blackstone for for solace for 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 just just to get away from them. Um, Blackstone is where the Blackstone dragons, the Lennox family, live. We have Maddie Boy, the dragon. He has a whole family. <laughs> He's the CEO. He has an identical twin brother. They meet. Catherine is harassed by a hyena shifter. The hyena shifter later turns up dead, and she is now a murder suspect because he had pictures of her in his bedroom. And now Matthew and his lawyer boy Sorkin have showed up to bring her out of jail because they say this multiple times. She'll never see the inside of a jail cell. The police who are under the – basically under the thumb of the Lettuce family financially (laughs) agreed to release her into Matthew's The police do have a little like revolutionary moment later. (laughs) So, yeah. So she's being released into Matthew's custody because he's promised to make sure she doesn't run off and jump bail. And she's going to live with him. So she has now been let into the apparently one guest bedroom in the entire goddamn castle that has like four wings by the housekeeper. No, no, no. So there's there's the one guest bedroom, but there are multiple like apartments in this castle. Yeah. 
So like mo- many rooms that would be guest bedrooms are like full suites with like a kitchen, presumably with a kitchen and like a bedroom and a living room and like all that for all the four siblings. Like they each have their own thing. So like I'm willing to give this castle a pass because they essentially have like five houses in one yeah. plus guest bedrooms. Yeah. So Matthew is like, I suppose as the oldest of my siblings, I've always felt responsible for taking care of the castle. Which again, the concept of an older Woo-hoo. the concept of an older twin, especially in the context of identical twins, is just so idiotic to me. It's always just felt so fucking dumb. But he he's like acts as the older brother. They're all fine with it. So I, I I'm not I'm not questioning it because they all they're like, yep, this fits our personalities all perfectly. I guess, yeah. Also, I don't know where this fits in, but at one point there's something about like dragons, like many an apex predator. And I'm just like sitting here thinking, are there any non-apex predator shifters? I guess hyena isn't technically apex, but I have a lot of questions now. Like, are there elephant shifters? Are there bunnies? Chinchillas? Like, what's the range here? (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's the bear, the lion, the dragon, the wolf. Hyena. Hyena. There's a polar bear is tim the bartender apex predators all yeah i don't think that there's any i actually oh sorry this is very off track but are hyenas being apex predators so do you think of a hyena as a scavenger or a predator primarily I don't know. Whenever I think of hyenas, I can only think of the Lion King, and they do try to eat the lions alive. <laughs> okay. And so- I have seen – I saw this terrible video. Oh, it was – I mean, it had a happy ending, but it was like a male lion being attacked by like a herd of hyenas or whatever you call a group of hyenas. And like they were all like biting at him, and he couldn't get free. And then his like lion bros ran <laughs> over and were like, get the fuck I've away from that. our bro, man. Like, good video. So hy- hyenas will attack. So, okay, hyenas, apparently for a long time, they thought they were primarily scavengers. The reason they thought that is because they would see the the male hyenas, like, gnawing on bones and eating, like, already dead animals. However, that's because the male hyenas are the bottom of the pecking order. It's a matriarchal (laughs) society. The females are at the way top. The lowest-ranking female is still above the highest-ranking male. (laughs) So the females do all the hunting. They get the first pick. And then they bring back and they give the dregs, the like leftovers to the males. Nice. So they are nice. they are predators for sure. Nice. <laughs> I, this is what I love to say. You know what? And it fits perfectly. You can tell this author did her zoological research because the creepy hyena man is does seem like he would be very low on the social total pole. <laughs> it's very true. Hyenas are also one of the only animals that can digest bone marrow and their teeth can okay. also All snap right. bones. We don't- Rachel, thank you, David Attenborough. We don't need any more. Anyway, <laughs> back to They're the book. The <laughs> they meet the butler and the housekeeper because, of course, it is a fucking castle. Yep. And somehow they have sex. I can't remember how they get into the situation. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So she goes off to take a sleep because she got up early and she's like hungry and she's had a long day understandably she's been arrested for murder she goes to have a nap she wakes up he is like meg the housekeeper left for the night but she made us dinner so we're gonna we have dinner so they have a nice little romantic dinner she's having some wine they're getting all flirty then they go into the library for dessert and bourbon Mm. they have a little bourbon they're still getting all flirty and then they start to make out and he and i both love and hate when this happens in romance books he tears her panties away <laughs> he tears them and away and i'm both i both am like ooh, love it sexy and i'm also like nice underwear is expensive <laughs> like 
Why? Come on. <laughs> terrible. She also, quote, found herself rubbing against him and mewling like yes! a cat yes! in heat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cat scale. Cat scale. <laughs> she also. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when I read this book was when I first like like conceptualize the idea of the cat. I read that line and I was like, because at that point, I think I just assumed that like the cat references were only in historicals. And then I saw that and I was like, no, it's just all romance. There's just some sort of like cats have control of the romance genre. He's also like, quote, she was already wet, the minx, which makes feels pretty cat adjacent. I know it's yep. like not. Yeah. They're very like flexible <laughs> and like soft and cute. Yeah. And I do like, so he fingers, so they, they run on up to the bed. We got a sexy like in the notebook. He's picking her up. They're making out. They're running up to the bed, undressing as they go. They're in the bed. He fingers her. And then after he's done figuring her, he licks his fingers, which is another thing that I love in books. Like conceptually in real life, I don't know whether I would do it, but in books, I'm like, ooh, that's hot as hell. <laughs> He's, it's also like Catherine watched from under lowered lashes as he slipped his fingers into his mouth. So again, we have we have all the we're hitting all the all the all the check boxes here. Lowered lashes, muley. <laughs> <laughs> in this in this case, I was. I was a little bit more accepting of it because she is lying down at this time and he's like lower. So I can see how like if you're lying down, you would be like your lash, your like eyes would eyelids would be lowered and you like are looking up. You're not looking up. You're looking down under like looking down under lowered lashes makes perfect sense. That's how your eyes work. Your eyelids (laughs) like when you're looking down, your eyelids move. It's the looking up that that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is. Yeah. (laughs) This is a great. This is a great sex scene. The description, it just seems like he's definitely – when they actually have, like, penetrated sex, seems like he's definitely hitting the G-spot. Like, I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, oh, I'm he's got a sure. big cock. At one point, <laughs> she looks – she sees his dick for the first time, and she's like, oh, I get it. I get the shifter groupies. <laughs> like, man, yeah, I really get it. <laughs> especially – that's what I'm saying. Especially if everyone's – it's just, like, par for the course that they're going to be walking around naked at all times. Everyone knows it's an <laughs> yeah. open secret, as it were. It's, like, clear well- as day. <laughs> To be fair, what does he look like when he's not aroused? Unless being in your dragon form gives you an erection. Like, you think? Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> you not going to rule it out. What do we think the correlation between, like, erectile prowess it and definitely shifting? gives everyone around you an erection. So, <laughs> it evens out. <laughs> yeah (laughs) okay all right so they fuck he uses a condom this is very important i love when contemporaries have explicit condom references like we love safe sex and every time but then when they later have morning sex because they cuddle she's like i'm gonna leave for the night but he's like no stay and she's like oh all right and then she falls asleep and then they wake up and have morning sex um but not before she sends a text to her contact being like i need to leave again because you know she's been found and also arrested for murder yeah so she's still planning on leaving even though she's having hot hot sex with maddie boy but when they're having morning sex there is a point in which he's like oh i really he's like i wish that i could not wear a condom because i just want to get her pregnant which is another thing that i both love and hate (laughs) (laughs) in romance books um but he puts on a condom because he's a responsible and caring partner who is not going to get his partner pregnant without consent which is important ladies yeah commit assault people with uteruses if you can get pregnant and your partner does it without your consent 
that's a red flag. That's a bad thing. That is a quite Don't literally a that. crime in at least one state. I'm pretty sure in California, at least, it's a crime. It is yeah. a crime. <laughs> Definitely not a good thing, even if it's not on the books as a crime. <laughs> Don't yeah. let your partner do that. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, it- they wake up. And bang, 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 who's at the door? <laughs> it's Jason, and Matthew proceeds to come out. It's Jason and Sylvia, their younger sister. Matthew Sil- has Sybil. 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 Sorry, what did I say? Yeah. Sybil. Sylvia. Matthew has like a 10-minute conversation with them, and he's butt-ass naked the entire time <laughs> without even the excuse of recently being in shifter form. Like, what? <laughs> to be fair. Okay, so Jason bursts in the room. He's like, well, are you still asleep, old man? Because he's the older twin. You get it? No, um, it's stupid. It's and stupid. then he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> And then Matthew, and then like obviously, you know, Catherine covers herself and then Matthew comes out in his naked forum. Now with Jason, I get it because he's like, not only has Jason, he's like thinking, he's like, not only has Jason seen this a million times before, but Jason also sees this every day when he looks (laughs) in the mirror because they're identical twins to everyone but Catherine. So like, I get it. Sybil isn't there yet. But then Jason, this little bitch boy keeps trying to look around yeah, Matthew to yeah. see Catherine naked to see her titties. Yeah, poor and Catherine. I'm like, Jason. She's, she's like huddled in the bathroom this entire time, like hiding out of view. And I'm like, could you couldn't like sheet. you couldn't be like, hey, dude, let me just shut the door. Let's both get dressed. I'll come out well, and talk to you in five minutes. <laughs> well, he does shut the door. He's still naked, but he does like because he's walking toward him. Like, pushing him out. Jason tries to look around him. And he's like, what the fuck? He gets all territorial because she's his mate. And then Jason Jason doesn't feel bad because, like, he's like, yeah, maybe I'm a guy who shouldn't be staring at a naked woman without her consent. He's just like, oh, shit, she's your mate. I shouldn't be thinking about her like that. And I'm like, no, you just shouldn't be thinking about her like that regardless, yeah, J-boy. Yep. Anyway, they're out in the hallway. The door is closed. She's hiding in the room. Sybil comes up. And Sybil is like, oh, my God, my naked brother. And she covers her eyes because, you know, she's sane. Um, but it's still weird. It's still weird that Matthew doesn't get dressed. It's still weird. I mean, but to be fair, again, Sybil also, because the eighth book is about Sybil and her constantly having to be naked when she shifts is a big thing. So I think that they've all gotten a good look at each other, (laughs) like over like the 25 plus years they've all been siblings. Like, I think they know. (laughs) I don't think there's any surprises. So Sybil with her eyes covered is like, it's time to go sledding, which I love. I love that it's sledding and not something stupid and hard like skiing or snowboarding. Like I just I love a good (laughs) just like sit on the tube, sit on the disc, zoom down the hill. We love it. Less fewer head injuries. It's all better all around. Um, (laughs) So they go, they gather up the gang, all the cousins and the friends and Luke and all these other random ladies who will all get their own book later. Um, They head up on the mountains on their ATVs (laughs) because they're rich and they have ATVs (laughs) with their sleds. And Matt Matthew is like, have you ever been sledding before? And Catherine is like, no, I've never been sledding before. And then like one of the other people is like, ah, city girl, right? And she's like, something like that. And Matthew has this eternal thought that he this is like a repetitive thought that he has throughout the book where he is constantly like that's a weird thing about Catherine that I just learned but whatever I'll learn everything eventually I'm not gonna ask her why she's never been sledding or why she's like being so weird about certain things whatever like ah. and I'm like "Ah, Matthew I don't know you're talking about marriage I get she's your mate, but like maybe you should start asking her about these things. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe where, you should be questioning where her. Where did you come from? Where did you go? She's a murder suspect. Like that's something <laughs> that should. That's a, that's a yellow flag at least. <laughs> so something I just realized right now is that there's like some a lot of alliteration going on between um, 
uh, like within the crew and their animals. We have Luke the lion. We have Ben the mm. bear who comes yeah. over to Jason and pulls him into a bear hug, which I love. Yeah. A bear hug from the literal <laughs> Ben the bear. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're all there. It's like it's it's the twins. It's Sybil. It's Luke the lion. It's Jason's best friend and his sister, I think. And then it's their cousin who's not really their cousin. And the only person missing is the cousin's younger sister, I think. So it's like the whole crew. The cousin who's not really their cousin is his back. His great, great, great grandparents are related to why the dragons have been excommunicated. BT Dubs. <laughs> this is foreshadowing. I'm just saying there's a lot. Having read the whole series, this author like sets up basically every book. <laughs> like she knew out. exactly what was going to happen. Checks out. Yeah. Masterwork, really. Um, so, so yeah, they're all hanging out. We get some like jealousy from Catherine when like one of the kid sisters comes up and gives Matthew a hug and she's like, Ooh, am I, am I jealous? Am I, what, what's going on here? And we're like, I don't know. Um, and then they all like, they're all like talking at the end of the night and I can't remember what, like one of the it's sisters. It's very cozy. It's very cozy. They're it's hanging very around fun. the fire and the snow. It's very cute. I'm like, this sounds like sort of my ideal group hangout, like yeah. low, low stakes, just hanging out by a fire. Yeah. I Luke, love that. Luke the lion lumberjack is there with like no coat, <laughs> balls to the wall, just like in a panel. Okay. There's always got to be one. It's always the, it's the eternal <laughs> middle school boy in them all. Um, He's got a beard. It keeps him warm. <laughs> yeah. So we get another moment at the end there where, where one of the sisters is like, oh, Catherine, like, where did you grow up? Or something like that. And Catherine's like, yeah, she asked about her backstory. Yeah. Catherine's like, uh, awkward. And Luke, like, diffuses the tension by being like, gotta go. Um, and the rest of them are like, oh, well, we're going to go back and eat Meg the housekeeper's cooking. Um, and then, yeah, so they go they back. Finally, they finally, oh, they all hang out. They're fine. Nothing really important yeah. happens. They fuck again. Catherine and Matthew fuck again. It's not like an orgy. <laughs> um, um, they all – yeah. So then they fuck again and oh, then oh. Catherine wakes up and she's ready to leave. What? During that most recent sex scene, this is like – I never understand this. Like it's always like when they're like on top of each other and it's like, oh, the hero like doesn't want to like crush her. So he's like trying to – which like trying to like not put all his weight on her. But it was especially weird here because it was like – he braced himself on his forearm so his full weight wasn't on her, which just seems exceedingly uncomfortable. Like, he's basically planking on top, like, right? Is that not the image? Yes, but here's my thing. I always – I never question it. That is something that happens quite frequently. I never once question it because these heroes all have six packs. So I assume that they can do planks for, like, ten <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I assume that like part of their exercise routine is planking and thrusting at the same time oh my God. for like 20 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. I've just I've accepted that for like every romance book I've ever read. That, like this is just the reality of how these heroes are physically. <laughs> so, OK, so it's the next morning. Catherine's like, all right, early in the morning. That was nice, but it's really time for me to get out of here, even though it will like definitely screw over Matthew because he's vouched for me and he's the only reason I'm not in jail right now. She steals his shirt. She goes and grabs her <laughs> stuff. She's like, it'll take too long to put my clothes on. I'll just go, I'll just steal his shirt, even Whatever. though I'm going to ditch him. And she's on her way out the door when Mr. Police Chief shows up again and he's basically like, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's not looking good for you. Um, we're actually you're actually wanted for another two murders. <laughs> so, well, we never said this, but this is very important. The reason she's running from the Lion Mafia at the beginning is because she sees her roommate. Yeah, Rissa. we said we said this. 
Her room. They killed oh, her roommate. Well, I don't know. Rissa had a shady lion mafia boyfriend named Ivan, and Ivan. She. We prefer in Russia. Anyway, <laughs> mother in Russia. <laughs> um, we we're Slavic. We can do that. Um, so. Yeah, so she witnessed her friend got get shot in the head, and Ivan has also Ivan is shady, so like she knows something and shady is gone, but she doesn't understand why they're after her. She just knows that they killed her friend. Yeah, so like that's why she's on the thing. And so the police chief says something so fucking dumb. So he's like, "We need to extradite you because you're being charged by the DA." And he's like, "the the murder weapon was fi- found among your things." And I'm like, "Fine." They like they framed her. They put the murder weapon in her things. But then they're like, "The pr- your prince." <laughs> yeah. We're all over Rissa's house. And I'm like, you mean the house yeah. that she also lived in? Yeah. Like, Rissa and her were roommates. Like, of course her prints are all over that I house. know. It's so fucking – yeah, I wrote that down too. It's like, what are you – are you out of your mind? It's, 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 like, it's like incompetent classic. big city cops. <laughs> like, fucking shit up. So, yeah, classic move. Um, so – so she's being accused yeah she's being accused and but she's constantly like i didn't do it but she's not saying who did it she's not like hey you know that notorious lion mafia (laughs) they killed my friend i witnessed it she's just like i didn't do it it's the classic it's like a it's like a um like a different track like a parallel track to the like let me explain but like you don't actually start explaining you're just like let me explain and then you never get the chance to explain like that's what's happening here except with like murder confessions yeah a hundred percent and matthew's like standing there and he's like oh i should really save her but i'm kind of like bummed that she was gonna ditch me like she was about to leave so he hesitates like a second too soon and then before he knows it she's zooming down the road on the hour-long trip to the police mart (laughs) no rachel listen This was something that I was a little bit confused about because Matthew is like he does like in the next scene, he is like, oh, my God, like I can't believe I hesitated. But but she's like, I didn't do it. And the police chief is like, I have to take you. And Matthew says no. And then the police chief has his little act of rebellion. Oh, yeah. His fingers (laughs) suddenly there are like 30 red like sniper lasers. (laughs) on matthew and he's like we brought dragon tranquilizers and if you try to stop me i will fuck you up to be fair to matthew this isn't just matthew like being in shock and being upset and like letting his girlfriend get arrested this is i literally have no choice here because i will be tranquilized (laughs) if i do something which is considering what happens directly after the scene if he had been tranquilized she would have been taken anyway and then she would have died so like good move overall on math it's true because as they're trundling down the road what is it but a pipe bomb right it's like or uh or no no no. she thinks we don't find out what it is but she thinks it's a grenade like a rocket launcher Mm, a rocket (laughs) even better the the bronze alliance had a rocket launcher suddenly there's an explosion the car is upside down like it flips it's chaos yeah and who emerges from the woods but our lion boys our favorite (laughs) yeah (laughs) brava and they're basically like they basically admit everything they're like well actually they answer questions that Catherine actually never even had answered they're like yeah your roommate rissa and her boyfriend ivan they stole money from us and we think she gave it to you. Like, you stole the money. Give us the fucking money. Tell us where it is and we'll make your death less painful. And, of course, Mr. Police Chief is somehow not unconscious right now. None of them are – they're still all alive. No, and he no, overhears this. He's awake. Like, he talks right, to right. her. He's, like, dazed. But he's awake. Yeah, so he hears this whole confession. 
Um, and so it's not looking good for Catherine here or the police. She's about to get like, you know, get this information pulled from her when who shows up on the scene but a 50-foot dragon with golden scales and razor-sharp claws spreading its wings and thrusting its head back with a roar. Finally! It only took until page 148 of this, like, 200-page book, but we got there in the end. Matthew the yes, Golden Dragon. great. Wait, before, just, just a to rewind, the reason he does this is because Catherine drives off and then Meg, the housekeeper, is like, Matthew, you silly boy, you're about to let the love of your life. And he's like, I couldn't go. I had tranquilizers on me. And she's like, you dumbass! You can also emotionally support her as well as physically support her. You should go hold her hand while she She's being, like, tried for murder. And he's like, oh, my God, you're right. I never thought of that. And so he's, like, speeding off after her. He sees the explosion in the distance. And he turns into his dragon form. (laughs) Because dragons, unlike lions, definitely do not need a bullet to kill their enemies. Um. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. He barbecues them. He burns them to dragon frying. Yes, and I just I cannot get over the fact that the like the crux of this book is that Catherine is being accused of a murder she did not commit, and then Matthew proceeds to murder approximately (laughs) twenty different people. And I know that they're criminals, and I know that they've just attacked a police chief, and I know that he's doing it somewhat in self defense. But like he just burns these people <laughs> literally he doesn't even just burn them he turns them into ash yeah like think <laughs> how much fire that has to be to toast these dragons and they're in their dragon form so he's just toasting th- i mean they're in their lion form no, not yet not yet because they first start firing on him and realize that ordinary bullets only bounced off his scales <laughs> then they throw their guns down and begin to shift and he's like lions which i feel like he should have immediately known they were lions because apparently shifters can tell but yeah no it's, it's incredible he just like he chases them down. He does the classic thing where he, like, leaves one alive to, like, go give the boss a Well, warning. no, he doesn't do this yet. He doesn't yeah. do this yet. So he kills all the lions at the scene. Some of them have already run away. And <laughs> then he runs up. He sniffs back. He's naked, <laughs> which is apparently he remains naked. <laughs> yes. He runs up to Catherine. He's like, oh, my sweet, my sweet Catherine, you've been killed. <laughs> uh, you have a bullet wound. And he's like, I can't drive her to the hospital because she's losing too much blood. So instead, what I was expecting was that he was going to turn into a dragon, pick her up in his yeah. dragon claws, like exactly. every other dragon movie ever. But no, he cares about his lady's comfort. And he understands that when someone is severely injured, you should not jostle them. So he picks her up, puts her in the car, turns into a dragon, then picks the car up. He flies the and car. zooms her on over to the hospital. <laughs> and then he puts the car down. He... Uh, turns back into a human like Rachel pointed out and I totally did not register <laughs> he is butt naked and he's like shot woot in the back of the car grabs the nearest nurse <laughs> and Catherine is wheeled off to surgery and then he's like gotta go tie up some loose ends because they won't let then- me in the surgery room obviously <laughs> and that's when he finds the last three dragons that's the last also three lions that's also when he storms through the doors of the hospital and someone just hands him an extra set of clothes. That's how we know he's been naked this entire time. <laughs> when he goes off, so oh, yeah. Goes, yeah, he, he finds – so he's he's flying around the countryside looking for the remaining lions. He sees three of them meeting. They see his giant shadow <laughs> just coming down like an angel of death. He burns both they, – like, they all try to run away. He burns both of them to a crisp. It's like some biblical shit. And then shit. he turns yeah. – he's like this naked man again. He turns back to – 
human and tells the last lion he's like like tell like tell your alpha that she's under my protection and I'll kill anyone and the lion is like yeah no I just saw you completely toast all of my friends I will absolutely pass on the message I will collect their ashes in an urn and bring it back to the alpha and be like dude this is all over like half a million dollars which it's a lot of money it's a lot of money for me I just feel like this is the perks of being a robber baron dragon type situation like if you're if you're in a shifter a shifter mafia group, you definitely want to be in the in the dragon gang because apparently the Bratva is like tracking people down over half a million. You know the dragons, that's like pocket change for them. <laughs> True. Listen, fully agree. However, again, let me let me bring out my mafia romance knowledge. It's it's a pride thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's really not it's a pride thing. <laughs> they are both <laughs> pride. <laughs> it's a pride thing where it's not about how much money. It's the fact that you stole from the mafia. So they have to take you out because, like, they can't let have anyone thinking that they can steal from the mafia. Right. So I think that we should do – you know that mafia romance I've been trying to get you to read because it has chess in it. I think that you would <laughs> But we'll talk about this more in depth <laughs> to how the mafia romance trope works. Um. So he puts yeah. him off back to the hospital where the rest of his siblings have shown up. Um, and also his friends, Ben and Nate and Kate. 10 out of 10 yes. for rhyming sibling names. Yes. The gang is all here. I think it's funny that there's a character named Kate and a character named Catherine. True. Interesting choice. Um, but once again, that's how we know it's Realism. real and not fiction. It's This is a real story. Um yeah, they're so getting, anyway, they're getting all the med- – the doctor is giving him medical information because guess what? Guess whose name is on the hospital? The, the Lennox, Lennox name. The and, Lennox, they paid for the hospital as well. And then we have the big reveal. Excuse me, doctor, <gasps> a voice from behind them said. I don't think you should be discussing a patient's treatment with non-family members because, Catherine, there is also a fucking identical twin. Oh, my God. Except for some reason, for some reason, Matthew can tell that she's an identical twin, even though she couldn't tell that he was. Well, I did not, not see that twist coming. It is some soap opera <laughs> shit. I love it. I'm here for it. I was like, oh, my God. Christina. Christina is on the scene. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Christina comes in. She's all British. She's all polished. Christina's a badass. We love Christina. And she admonishes the doctor for violating HIPAA and is like, don't talk to these losers anymore. Like, give me my sister's yeah. medical information. And they're all super um, salty about it. They immediately like turn like turn on her and try to flex their Lennox power. And they're like, oh, Christina must have gotten to the administration since every nurse and doctor we try to talk to immediately shuts up citing privacy laws. Yeah, or maybe they're just well-versed in the laws they're supposed to follow. Like, what? (laughs) It's a violation. He even calls his lawyer. He's like, he's like, Sorkin, what can we do? And Sorkin's like, no, I mean, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's just how that works. They're like, who the fuck is this woman? Kate Huffed kicking a nearby garbage can. Kate, it's her literal fucking twin sister. Like, what? (laughs) <laughs> well yeah because because she's like i'm her sister and they're all like matthew did you know that Catherine had a sister and then christina is like well i could pull out like my passport or my driver's license but like we literally look the same so like i don't think i need to do that and she she also shows up she's super rich she so she shows up with like a crew of like of like uh uh what's the what's the word like bodyguards 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 and they're greek and they're like guarding the door 
Uh, what's her last name? Her last name, she's like, Stavros. I'm Christina So she Stavros. reveals my name yeah. is Christina Stavros. So apparently, so Catherine's last name is Archer. And apparently that's their mom's maiden name. And they, when they married, when she married their stepdad, who is the alpha of the Stavros wolf pack. Well, they figure this out as well, soon as they find out her last name. Yeah. No, no, they're about to figure right. it out. She's like, so Christina puzzles off All with the doctor so and like Kate or someone is like, Stavros, wait, as in the Stavros wolf pack? Like the billionaire, like Greek Wolfman, yeah. Um, and so we find out that well, like, Catherine and Christina are somehow connected yeah. to them. So, so they have they have like a Greek wolf groupie guarding the door, and they have like they're like they're like oh we need to create a distraction so we can get in there and talk to Catherine so she doesn't leave. And they're like worst case scenario, I'll dump an entire bottle of Exlax into a cup of coffee and flirt <laughs> with him a bit to get him to drink it, which is just like classic '90s slash '80s movie <laughs> move. That is not how laxatives work, my friend. You don't just like take a take a drink and then immediately have to shit your brains out. It takes like eight hours. Like what? <laughs> um, I don't know. I love also- I love this like this random like '90s like afternoon family comedy show like caper like, I'm imagining them all like running around the hospital some like clown music is playing in the background they're like, doo, 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 doo. like they're opening doors you know like it's a, it's like scooby-doo like the yeah. they're being chased they're opening doors like the villain's going in another door they're coming out the other door then they both open the doors the villain they're like oh, and then they close the doors and they're just running around like this is what i'm picturing so they finally settle on the best plan being for jason to impersonate matthew and go to christina's hotel pretending to want to like apologize to her for being rude earlier so that's how they slow her down finally and they somehow get rid of the, the bodyguard I, I don't know they, they incapacitate him it doesn't sound pleasant for him it they knock him legal. out in some way yeah we don't see it <laughs> yeah because we're in <laughs> Catherine's perspective now and she's waking up she's all groggy and Matthew comes in he's like oh, you're awake um and this is when we get the big reveal of Catherine's whole life story and who she's actually running from um <laughs> So shitty papa. <laughs> well, we start out with this whole like, oh, my poor mama didn't have any choice but to work after papa died and left us penniless. Which is like, what? Is, this is where I got the whole vibe of like, women aren't allowed to work because like, what is this like the Regency era? Like, was she not allowed? To, were women not allowed to work in the 1990s UK? Bridget Jones I, says otherwise. <laughs> I think it was just implying that they were like in desperate straits. Sure, like, it's implied that the dad died and left them in a lot of debt. So she went to go tutor the boys of this hot wolf man living in Greece. They went to go live their Mamma Mia dreams. And then they were mates. So they fell in love. So they being the Catherine, mom and the Greek she, guy. Yes. Um, so that's how Catherine knows about mates and everything. So everything was great in paradise. They were living their life on the Greek Isle. It was all lovely. And the mom gets pregnant with their third sister. Um, And for some reason, the mom is like, oh, I have to go give birth in the UK. Like, I just really want my baby to be born in the UK. So she goes to the UK. And for some reason, things are not going well. Like, she gives birth. Everything's good. But then she just – her and the baby just keep getting sicker and sicker. And they can't figure out what's wrong with her. And it turns out that the anti-shifter terrorist group is in there. They found out that there's, like, a wolf baby being born in this hospital – and they've decided to slowly poison both the baby and the mom. 
And because the baby's like a super powered wolf, she survives, but the mom dies. And that's where Catherine gets yeah. her like fear of hospitals. It's terrible. It's like really horrible. It's, it's, like it's this really is a horrible. really tragic yeah. backstory. Like, yeah. man, it gets serious. Like, so far, it's like pretty much been like a fun romp. There's been like some references to the anti shifter groups, but like overall, like it's just been like a bunch of people who can turn into animals. Yeah, and like now we get some really Dark. serious like and medical terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> it has an especially negative impact on Stavros because he's like, oh my god, I lost my mate. This is horrible. My, the natural yes. only thing to do is to make sure that her daughters and my daughter with her stay completely safe. And the best way to do that is to make sure that they never have any freedom. I'm going to send them to boarding school in the UK like my wife would have wanted, but they're going to have no, like no, round no. the clock bodyguards. They have no freedom. And then yeah. when they grab, first, yeah. he brings them all back to the Greek island of Lycos, yeah. and that's like so constantly throughout the book. Catherine's like, I know what being in a gilded cage feels like, and this is what she's alluding to. Like, it's this really sweet Greek island, but she like never has any freedom because, for obvious romance reasons, like this is the classic response when your mate dies. Like, I totally buy into this. Like, this is what it is. You go a little bit insane, and you like Rapunzel-ing. try to protect everyone. You're overprotective. What? No, this is the opposite. You keep them in the tower. Rapunzeling, she's like kidnapping her. Yeah, this whatever. Is like, is that, it's not the same thing. Anyway. She's keeping her safe. Anyway. And then she's like, so so me and Christina finally convinced Papa that mom would want us to go to boarding school in the UK because she was a teacher. When they went to the UK, Christina was all in with the wolf pack. She was like, as soon as she was done school, she went back and she was working for the wolf pack. But Catherine is like, I like the freedom. But then she gets a job and she gets an apartment and it all comes crumbling down because... Because she finds out that Ari, her stepfather, has actually like orchestrated everything. He's paying like more than half of her rent. He's gotten her the job. Her friends at work are actually his groupies. <laughs> like, and <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. Leave me the fuck alone. And he's like, all right, well, if you won't take the freedom I've given you, then you got to come back to the island and you'll marry one of my lieutenants and we'll keep you safe forever. And even if you don't love him, you'll and eventually love like- your kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> do restraining orders not work on shifters? Like, in what world can your stepfather, even if it's your – he adopted her, but, like, in what world? You're an adult. Like, what? Like, do, well, presumably, do all my, shifters my impression- have the police in their pocket? No, yes. Well, he lives on an island that is like presumably autonomous. Like, no way. He can do whatever they want. My idea was that he was he was going to kidnap her and then like lock her in her room until she finally agreed to like marry this guy or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't work at all. But sometimes I read this this part of the book, and I have like this vision of like she does have to go back with him but she doesn't manage to escape and she does have to go back for him and she is forced to like marry this lieutenant. And I am like very. That's a whole nother mafia book. Well, that's my thing. Is like I'm very torn about whether I want it to like them to fall, like it to be a marriage and convenience trope and them to like slowly fall in love or (laughs) whether I want it to be horrible and then her to like destroy her father with guilt and have it just be like one of those stories. (laughs) Like it always diverges when I like a lot of alternate timeline possibilities for this author. So this all happened a year ago. And a year ago is when she decided to just go off the grid, go AWOL, move to the US. Um and the only person who knows where she is this whole time is her sister Christina, who Christina is loyal to the wolf pack, but she's obviously, as she should be, much more loyal to her identical twin. So she's the one who's been sending her money. She's her contact, as it were, and she's been helping her out. So Christina, who has been being waylaid this whole time by Jason, who's Matthew's identical twin. And then 
So Christina shows up and she's like, what the fuck are you doing in my sister's like hospital room? Get the fuck out of here. And Catherine's like, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. And Christina's like, oh, like, all right, fine. And um, and then somehow they're like, oh, sorry, we had to send Jason to pretend to be me, like to waylay you. And she's what she's like, what? Jason's your brother? What are you talking about? And this is what I'm like, oh my God, twin mates, double twin mates. We're getting it. Oh my God. Because Christina can't tell that they're identical either. But I'm still like, why, why do Jason and Matthew see Christina and Catherine as identical? They can tell them apart, but they still think they're identical. The effect of your soulmate on you, if you're part of the family, it's your soulmate. It doesn't extend like their family, Christine and Catherine's family doesn't have that magic. Anyway, it's amazing. It's the next I book. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but the whole thing, um, but clearly Jason's dragon has realized that they're mates because the dragon also knows that it's mates like outside of the twin mine. thing. <laughs> and there's the whole, you find out what happened on their little like cold yeah. night of like distraction. But like- he she says what you guys are twins and Matthew was like <gasps> and then Jason behind him is like cut like waving his like hand in front of his like he's like no <laughs> Jason don't like, say anything oh. like Jason's like oh it must just be because I have the same DNA as Matthew like that must just be the reason that she can tell us or she has the whole same DNA as Catherine but like we're like no yeah dude, cut it out cut no, it out Matthew's like uh I don't know like I can tell that like Christina's not my mate. Like, what does your dragon say? And Jason is like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this. I'm not talking about this right now. And I'm like, oh you're right. Gosh. That's next book's story. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we get a little family reunion because Christina's like, I'm sorry. When I heard you were in the hospital, I had to take the family jet. So I had to explain to our dad, like, where you were. But he's really sorry. Like, he's, he's like, seen the error of his ways. He just wants – you to have a relationship with us. He's not that he's like gotten over his whole like obsessive trying to kidnap you situation. And he walks in the door <laughs> and he's like, She's oh, like my- I don't know whether I can believe that. Or no, Matthew's like, how can we believe that? And then Papa comes in and he's like, ask him yourself. Yeah, he's, he's like, like my he, for some reason, he calls her Katarina, which, like, is that her real name? Is that just like the translation into Greek? Whatever. It's just like, yeah, it's the Greek. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so he's like, oh, you are mates with a dragon. Oh, okay. Oh, like, I guess this wait, is like my come up in this line. What? Okay. Well, first of all, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I never would have sold you like chattel. And I'm like, I don't know that I believe you, which is why I sometimes have that fantasy of like her making him feel guilty. <laughs> I'm working well, he does feel therapy, guilty. Okay? He clearly um, no, he does guilty. feel guilty, but I'm saying like feel really good. Like he goes through <laughs> with it and then like she makes him feel, she really makes him suffer. Um, anyway, I, I highlighted this line. <laughs> that I think is important. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, oh, this is how I got to it. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know how the Kindle app works. Um, he is like, he's like, oh, he's like, come back to like Greece with me. I'll give you more freedom. And she's like, no, I'm gonna stay here because this is my mate. And they're like, and he's like sad because he's like, oh, I wanted you to come back, but like, okay. And then he looks at Matthew and he says, Blackstone Dragon, I entrust you with one of my greatest treasures. I implore you to keep her safe and happy. And Matthew says, I will, Alpha. Thank you for oh my your, God. And your yeah. treasure. <laughs> love i was like have we I, suddenly time traveled into like I medieval europe like i love it so much. i hate it i think it's so great 
Is this is it alpha? Do all the shifter packs have alphas, or is it just because he's a wolf? Yes. Is it just like that outdated yes. wolf? No, no, model? no. It's all because the 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 lion has the lion pack has an alpha. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> the lion pack has an alpha. Yeah. Um. So yes. everything's no, ha- all the good shifters and- have alphas, and it's great, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> everything's happy in double twin land. Um, we end the book <laughs> with a surprise engagement party for Katarina, Catherine, and Matthew. She has a five carat ring, which like. Have you Googled what a five-carat ring looks like? That's costume jewelry at that point. Like, what? It's like – I mean, I get yeah. it. You're like a fucking robber baron dragon <laughs> with your own right, castle. Literally every time I read this book, I look up what a five-carat <laughs> ring is. And every time I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's like you're in So for those of you who don't want to do the Googling, for any of you that remember Kim Kardashian's engagement ring when she was engaged to Kanye West, the one that got stolen by the Parisian when she got, like, kidnapped and robbed by the – Parisian people that's how big it is it's that ring just, if you know just what that look looks at, like otherwise just, just look google at your, it look at your finger from the base of your knuckle to your first digit picture that and then equally as wide that's a five carat ring <laughs> it's so big but like, I think Rachel like I understand that you don't like it but like I I kind of I kind of love it like no. I part of me like for me my ideal engagement ring would be like a plain like gold, like thin gold band, and then just like a giant diamond. Like I want my hands to feel heavy. No, I, <laughs> I want to get carpal tunnel like, in my left hand as well as my right hand because like of the way of the spring. If your goal is to make sure that people know you're a super rich dragon robber baron, I don't think that's going to achieve it because the average person on the street is going to see that and be like, that's from Claire's. That's from Forever 21. That's no. costume jewelry. Yes. No. No. Costume jewelry. <laughs> no. I would too big to that. be real. I don't know. I guess it depends. Whatever. I like you're it. You're wearing the furs <laughs> of your enemies at the same time as you're wearing this ring, and it's a little more plausible. Yeah, well, yeah, pride. missed yeah. opportunity for Matthew. Why didn't he like just slit one of the lion's throat and then he could have had a great like rug or like a cool yeah. jacket made out of yeah, lion fur. We know he has talons in addition to the fires. It's it's definitely doable. Okay, okay dark thought. <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's like a black market of like specifically shifter I was, pelts i was just thinking like, like would that some be illegal fucked up people would I that, if, you ate, <laughs> if you ate if you like cooked up a shifter is that cannibalism they're explicitly not human so <laughs> no no <laughs> We can't talk about this. We can't go down this rabbit hole. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> don't eat shifters. <laughs> I mean, like, don't eat lions barbecue. in general, but, like, <laughs> no, on the Bobby. No, we can't do the Australian accents again. <laughs> that can't be our calling card. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway. <laughs> That's the end of the book. <laughs> it's a great up. book. <laughs> It is. It's been two hours. This is gonna. I, this may I know. Or may I can't be our longest episode this is our, yet. for the shortest book by far. Like this book is only like four hundred so pages. Short. It's so short. It's but a so short. Sweet. It's like a category category romance, like Kindle Unlimited. Very short. Very speedy. Ready, but so much <laughs> to talk reedy. about. They pack. She packs. Alicia Montgomery just packs so much into this book. It's great. <laughs> I, I can't believe how much I enjoyed it. Like I'd never read anything like that before. <laughs> welcome welcome to kindle listen, <laughs> it's because listen self-publishing first of all is very impressive i would never be able to do it that seems very hard but 
it has it can be so much more creative than traditional publishing because like traditional publishing has like all the bureaucracy and like very much like this is what mainstream audiences want and we can't deviate from that and self-publishing is like i don't fucking care i wrote this book i converted it into a pdf and i'm now uploading it onto the internet for anyone to buy at any time and like if i want to write about vampire mafia elephant shifters fucking giant blue aliens with big dicks then i will and uh, there will be an audience for that. And that audience is me. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an audience. <laughs> I love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. So the final tallying, cat scale, where do you stand? I think we should do like a one, two, three. Say it. Like one, two, three. Each oh, say oh, our oh. Ratings. I thought, oh, see, when you first texted me that, I thought you were saying like we should rate it from like one, two, three. No, and no. I was like, no, no. Okay, wait, wait. I need I need to think about it. Can we discuss it first before we give our sure, rating? Sure, sure. So so here's the thing. The main the inciting incident of this book is specifically involved with lions. So like right off the bat, we already have a lot of cat presence. But they're the baddies. We also have specifically that line. Yeah, but we didn't specify that the cat presence just, has to be good. I know. I'm just talking about the vibe, positive. though. If the cats are the baddies, that's almost negative point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have that. We have the muling line. Yeah. We um, have Luke the, the lion. That, yes. Who does get his own book. We have – here's it's, this brings me back to are the dragons more cat-like or dog-like? No. The evidence I have – in this book, they feel more dog-like. But again, we do have How to Train Your Dragon, which if people don't know, the, the dragons in that – in the dragon, the main dragon in that in those movies is based on yeah. a cat. So, the, here's the thing: the dragons didn't even feel dog like; they just felt like dragon like. I don't know how to describe. Sure, it. Like, sure. They didn't, they didn't feel like a yeah. They they definitely they certainly weren't cat. I'm just saying traditional dragons like the Shrek dragon. That's a dog like dragon. No. Oh sure, for sure. The Shrek dragon is a cat dragon. No way. Oh, maybe it's oh. the it's like the ideal like the Shrek dragon is the ideal cat of like a bitch, except when they decide <laughs> they like you and then super like clingy but then, and affectionate. But then the babies, the do- the donkey dragon babies, are very puppy like in my okay. opinion. Okay, yeah, but that's that's when you sprinkle in some donkey genes. Like that's not pure dragon. <laughs> I just feel like like this, now we're going into donkey. I feel like territory. there's a lot. Okay, I feel like there's a lot of things about this book that straddle right down the middle of like a cat dog type situation. Except that there are mm. also some explicit dra- cat references, so that really takes right. it over the edge for me. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Okay. Let me let me think. Okay. Yeah, just the vibe is very non-cat like. Even though there's the presence yeah, of cats. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like the overall vibe of the the overall vibe of the book for me isn't very cat like, but there are I was explicit honestly, cat like speak like cats have speaking roles in this book. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like a hardcore 10 before we had this this discussion. Ooh. Okay, all right. All right. All right. I got my number. All right, you have your one, number? Okay. Two, 1 2 3 8 six. Okay. Fair enough. So, it's a seven. so the average is, is seven. seven. The average is seven for yeah. the cat scale. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Sounds good. I feel like an, it's not an. It's I don't not know. An, I'm just very. I'm very conflicted with this book. It's not an odd number conflicted. kind of book. Her name is Catrin. Yes, but she never goes by that. Yeah, I know, but still, not once is she called again. Cat. I experienced this book through the written word, so. <laughs> <laughs> We listen. We landed on seven, Rachel. We did. We did the the objective vote. Mm. 
And, and odd numbers not seems wrong, but I guess that's that's you know what, listener, excited. listener, weigh in, weigh in, come on over to our Instagram, let us know, or leave us a review yeah. and let us know. Yeah. Or leave us a review anyway, by the way. Five stars. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and write us a review recommending to your friends and family because that really helps us out in getting recognized and getting more viewers and bringing more people into the Ryan family. <laughs> um, also, follow us on Instagram at We Read It One Night, on Twitter at We Read It Podcast, and on Facebook uh, forward slash We Read It One Night. And our email is, you guessed it, we read it one night at gmail.com. <laughs> if anything, um, do it for the physical safety of your family and friends. Bears what? are everywhere. You are never you? know. Oh it never hurts to be too prepared. I thought you were threatening our listeners. <laughs> I thought you were like, I'm going to send the lion mafia after you if you don't leave us. A- Listen, I'm, the chances the chances of us sending the lion mafia after you if you don't give us a five-star review are low. But never zero. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Also, if you want to help pick future books, uh, leave a review. And if you leave a review and say and recommend a book, we'll add it to our magical spreadsheet and do an episode on it. So you get it's it's the audience vote. It's like American Idol. We were just having a conversation about how we wanted The Bachelor to be like American Idol. Well, our podcast is now a little Live. bit of American Idol. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So leave us a review and let us know what book you want to do. Yep. Yeah. Lovely. Um, Godspeed, comrades. F- fly-, <laughs> fly away, my friends. <laughs> what sounds do dragons make? It's the sound of okay. fire. <laughs> and with that. 